Hello, friends. Welcome to, you know, I don't know what to call this room. I'm not, I don't think group therapy is accurate. I don't think Mav's party is accurate. I think we're just kind of here. Um, we all knew Jalen Brunson was signing with the Knicks, and I just finished uh, putting out a story sort of recapping how weird it all is. Uh, when I read everything in uh, succession, I, I think the Mavericks are probably going to file a tampering charge against the Knicks, um, even though what good will that do? I don't really see the point. I, you know, everybody tampers. Um, but we all knew he was going there. Uh, the, the weird little show from yesterday and today was annoying. Um, and then the Mavericks started free agency with, uh, it was a radio guy out of Phoenix basically noting that, uh, the Mavericks were interested in, uh, Senator JaVale McGee, former Maverick from the 2015-16 season. He played 30-something games. I was mostly on Rick Carlisle's bench. Um, signed him to a deal that the terms may not be what they say they are. Um, Jaden Hardy, in order to get a multi-year deal, has to eat into the taxpayer mid-level exception a little bit. So the math, according to uh, CBA Mavs, does not track um, with what he's seeing. So I, I don't think that three-year $20.1 million uh, thing that Sham Sharania tweeted out is accurate, does not matter. He is still eating up most of the taxpayer mid-level exception, which... And please, anyone who comes up on stage, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I don't really think Dallas can do anything else other than um, veteran minimums. Uh, you know, and, and veteran minimums come with a like price point that's equivalent to like terms of service. So if like a 10-year vet's probably going to make more than a two-year vet, and the Mavs can sign people to that regard. So we will see. Oh, and it is you know important to note that Jalen Brunson did sign with the Knicks for four years. $104 million. Um, Adrian Wojnarowski was really doing work and trying to like reverse on, it was like, try, it was like watching someone trying to untamper. Um, I don't really, like, I don't really know how to describe all this. It's, it's such a stupid story because it's just like, okay, like tampering is a thing shouldn't exist. The, the reason that the NBA like has these rules is for league, like business stuff for like fiscal year closures and so, and things of that nature. I don't mind the news leaking early. Like, frankly, I think I would be despondent if I had gone thinking that Brunson was really, really going to sign here only for like the news to break tonight that Brunson was signing with the next, like we would all be freaking out. Instead, this was like slowly getting dumped. Um, kind of is what it is. Uh, it, it is, and, you know, somebody said, Woj should file a complaint. Well, Woj works for the same agency as all of these guys on the Knicks side. Like there's a bunch of gross stuff going on. Ethan Sherwood Strauss, uh, reported on this in his, uh, sub stack about how just there's all these ties and, you know, um, it's, it's an uncomfortable situation and something that I don't really want to talk about, but there we go. All right, guys, if you want to come up on stage and, um, speak your piece, let's, let's hear it. I, uh, uh. You know, I know these things aren't for everyone. Um, I do want to note that if, you know, most nights I try to bring as many people up here as possible. Someone uh, someone the other day online just made a kind of sassy comment that I only bring people up here that agree with me, which, I mean, that's not a thing that happens. So, you know, otherwise uh, a couple of you would never come up here ever again. Um, all right, coming up first is Sam. How you doing, Sam? Good to see you tonight. What's going on, Kirk? It's okay. I briefly thought I destroyed my phone. 
where I was getting like lick, you know, like the liquid whatever in the battery port. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm not going to be able to do a, uh, not going to be able to do a green room. But yeah, well, uh, what about you? Yeah, no, nah, no, nah, I, I feel you, man. It's, it's that kind of night. Um, I don't, it's hard because like, I don't want to blame anybody, but I'm going to blame somebody. Sure. Yep. 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 And the person I'm going to blame is Mark Cuban because this has been since 2011. Broke up the title team. He thinks he's the smartest man in the room. Him and Donnie Nelson thought they were the smartest guys. They knew what the CBA was. Darren Williams wanted to come here, apparently, according to him, but Mark Cuban didn't show up to a meeting. Could have had Giannis, but we wanted to save like $750,000 to try to get Dwight Howard. Um, just mistake after mistake, giving KP a five-year deal with no protection, you know, no injury protection, nothing like that. Stinky, stinky. That one was real bad. Yeah, it's, it's just constantly. And then, you know, with all the stories that came out, you know, with the dysfunction with Haralabob, we don't know who's running what. We don't know who's making picks. We don't know what's happening. It's all under Mark Cuban's watch. And then, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm not even mad at Jalen Brunson for taking that deal. If that's if that's what he wants, hey, man, more power to you, my brother. Do what you got to do. But you can't come out here and say, hey, we're willing to match whatever for Jalen Brunson. And, you know, according to the stories, they said they didn't get a chance to match. Listen, bro, everybody's tampering. Just join the yeah. party. <laughs> just, 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 join, just there's a lot of my, my wife's a lawyer and she's occasionally tried to explain to me when I make shitty arguments where she's like, you're making a distinction without any difference. So the difference between officially uh, giving him his contract and unofficially giving him a contract does not matter if everyone knows the numbers that were involved. The simple fact here is that the Mavericks might didn't necessarily get a chance to present it. I don't think. But the numbers that the Mavericks were willing to present were not enough for Brunson to consider. Exactly. Like, it's, like he, y'all know what he wanted. Y'all know what he wanted. He knew pretty much what y'all were willing to offer, and he found a better offer. And he found something that you know works out for him. So, like I said, I'm not mad at Jalen. No, real cool. Like but, we're talking, we're talking generational wealth. <laughs> like, but, can you imagine going from making? Like he he is his first contract. I want to say he made in the neighborhood of six million dollars total. He is he will now be making a hundred and four million. That is incredible stuff. Yeah, I'm not saying no to that. Hell no, I'd even play for the Knicks. (laughs) I was gonna say if you got to go to the Knicks, I mean, I have no doubt he'll do great. Like and you know maybe 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 it won't work out, but I think he'll do great just because of everything he's done in his career so far. He's just gotten better, so I wouldn't see any reason why he wouldn't potentially just be better, you know, with the new system. He, he wants to prove he's the man. If, if he can prove it, then, like I said, more power to you. If the Knicks are good because of you, more power to you. But this just – I don't know what this means because, obviously, it's just day one, so there may be trades that come up or something that may happen. Sure. No, that's, that's a great point, Sam, because I am notorious for, shall we say – gross overreactions i'm not sure um it's it's my deal is to just get mad and i i just i can't think that this is like the team that we have tonight the team last year minus jalen brunson plus javel mcgee like that's not the team they're rolling out they might sign goran Dragic, but i mean i can't imagine to have dwight powell and javel mcgee on the same team i i can't imagine it neither but 
at the end and Christian Wood. Sorry, you're right, Slack or channel. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's it's going to come down to Mark Cuban if he approves it. Sure. And that's that's just the concern I have because we've made so many mistakes with, you know, this is the guy that drafted Satnam Singh and he's a wrestler now. So like, you know, he yeah. just they just wasted. Yeah, Mark and Donnie or uh, Josh Bo tells me a story of. He was at the Mads draft facility whenever they announced that pick, and like Chandler Parsons or somebody was like laughing, like it was it was it was just like it was a really uncomfortable deal. But you know, I I I'm glad to have sort of process this over a period of days is where I am. I I, I also like, and I I just wrote a story not to like like pump my own nonsense because I wrote two very bad posts tonight. But when I put everything up in the same like in a row, when you read about it all, like what happened over the past four days, it's gross. And I hate it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm right there with you. But, uh, yeah, um, like I said, I, I don't know how to feel about losing Brunson because he's he's a good player, but I could understand from the money standpoint. But it still sucks because, you know, it's a guy that we drafted and now he's gone. We couldn't even recoup any assets from him, you know, leaving. So that's just a whole other thing. But, hey. You know, same shit, different day with the Mavericks. That's all I got. Hey, hey, my free or my 2006 Facebook uh, status for today, or not 2016 Facebook status said another uh, something to the effect of like another Mavericks uh, offseason, another heartbreak. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> hey, it's been happening every time. It's amazing. It's oh, yeah. By the way, y'all, if any of y'all thinking this, we're not giving Kevin Durant. I don't want to hear that shit. So, wow. We're not getting I was, you know, I just, I just was going to ignore it, even though I do think it's pretty cool that we're third on one of the odds things. Yeah, that's I love that. Probably All right, you too, buddy. Um, let me go look at this because I don't see him in the chat or in the request, but a guy, Josh, earlier made a really good point that I wanted to address before I forget it. He said, um, where is Josh's comment? This is sometimes it's like hard to find this sort of stuff. Because you guys are so good at talking, and I so love the chat. Um, darn it! Where? Oh, he said, "Josh, where's your comment here?" This was like my one of my favorite things, and I wanted to circle back to it. No, I can't. Uh, he says, "This is just terrible, terrible audio. I can't find it in the thing anymore. I'll circle back to it." Um, all right, coming up next then is let's go with Tyler. Hey, Tyler, what's up? Oh, Mavs free agency is just fantastic, isn't it? I mean, it's just, it's, it's not, you know, at least I'm not like after there's just been elements of this throughout history. Like nothing will ever hurt quite as much as the uh, DeAndre Jordan saga. Cause it was like being dumped in public. That sucked. Yeah, that, that was bad, but this is kind of right up there with it. Like not even getting a chance to take a meeting, which I mean, Honestly, I respect them for not trying to force it if it's known that the, that he's not even going to dance with you. So. Ooh, ooh, okay. So this, the, you're talking. Josh noted earlier. He said maybe I'm buying the Mavs establishment propaganda, but starting to feel like Jalen never had any intention of staying. This just goes to your to your point to where it's like, oh, it thinks the Mavericks never got a meeting. I have done a, I've just asked so many people this stuff. And, you know, I do talk to a lot of reporters. I am friends, with lots of media people that what Josh just noted, 
that maybe Brunson was really kind of had his mind made up about the Knicks a while ago is something that I've heard quite a time. And that, you know, if the Mavericks somehow got knocked out of the first round by Utah, would we be feeling any different? You know, it's like, like the narrative changes when Brunson has an incredible game three and an incredible game, I want to say seven against Phoenix. So it's just, I don't know. This, this is also difficult because, you know, the Mavericks said they could pay him the most and they didn't. And then, you know, maybe he was going to go there anyways. It's, it's that, that part is not very fun. Yeah. And it's hard to see where they go from here, which is the unfortunate part. I mean, I, I assume that there have to be trades coming with, you can't have Powell and McGee on the same team. See, I don't know. I, I really I don't. just don't know if there's any value there. I mean, the, the the one thing about all this that just gets increasingly uncomfortable, and I hate to heart back, is like when you draft Brunson and and Luca in 2018, and you use the uh, you have to get a use a draft pick because you fall in the uh, lottery, and then you use two more draft picks to get Kristaps Porzingis. That essentially pushes any sort of big deal until you can clear that stuff off your timeline. And the challenging part, and Seth Partnow brought this up on the show that I did the other day with him, was you don't want to be using your draft capital to offload bad contracts when you have a superstar. And and so it's just I almost wonder if this is if this year becomes the year that they that they take their medicine and just sort of deal with it. Because like I like Colin Sexton. I can't fathom trading three first round picks for Colin Sexton, you know? Kevin Durant's about the only player I would do it for, but that I, again, I'm not the GM. Yeah, and you know, it's just hard to envision a scenario where we can get a bid for Katie that's even close to what you know a team like New Orleans or somebody like that could potentially offer. Yeah, but yeah. you know, I it's just unfortunate. It kind of feels one of my friends who's a Timberwolves fan of all people. It's like, are you guys a, a play-in team now? It's like, well, maybe the West got better and we got worse. Well, I think a lot of it comes back to Luka Doncic looking, you know, looking like uh, he can hold up the world on his shoulders. And at that point, well, guys, like everyone in the pick is like, did I hear three first-round picks? Yada yada. If I'm a team that senses the Mavericks' desperation, I'm, I'm de- like, we're we're getting stabbed on all sort of, um, what do you want to call it? Uh, Good negotiations because the Mavericks are in a position. You can really try to take, you know, take advantage of the situation right now because they just lost their you know second or third best player. So it's like you can kind of demand what you want if you think something is is viable. That's why I that's why I made the the comment that um, I think this might be the year where they just sort of eat, eat crow. I don't know. I could be wrong. Yeah, your your audio kind of cut out there, but uh, why? Well, that's annoying. I'm sorry. How about now? You're you're good now, but that might have been a that might have been a uh, Wi-Fi issue. Yeah, it sounded like you swam in a swimming pool while you're trying to talk. Uh, okay, I just and I just shoved my AirPods like deep into my ear. So yeah, my know, bad. great stuff. But I don't know. I'll let somebody else come up and talk that's a lot smarter than me. But it's just disappointing to see ourselves in this situation again. Yeah, yeah. All right, Tyler. Thanks for hanging out. Appreciate it. Okay, we're just going to go in order of who I see in here. Um, hey, Brett. Find unmute on the mic. Brett, if you can't find it, um, send me a... Uh, there yeah, we go. Sorry about that, Kirk. 
That happens. I'm sitting here trying to orientate myself to the world. I didn't know we lived in a world where Royce O'Neal was worth a first-round pick. Uh, caught me off guard. And your statement a minute ago about Colin Sexton being worth three first-rounders, I'm sitting here wondering if you would trade one first-rounder for him at this point. But I, picks are such a – I think we're at a strange point with picks where, like, Oklahoma City has so many of them – and then teams are sort of overrating them. Again, like, like ignore me if you think I'm wrong about the picks. I, I more think that a team is looking to, if the Mavericks make a deal, I think there's a, a chance at an overreaction by the Mavericks. That's, that's really what I think. Does that make sense to everyone? Or, or, am I, or am I just totally off base? Yeah, I, I think that maybe you get the re- overreaction out of the Donnie regime. I don't think. I'd like to think you don't get it out of the Nico regime based on what we've seen so far, which is relative competence. Okay. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about JB because it's been on everybody's mind. And it's been on mine. You can't be a fan for the last four years. And, and if you happen to like the guy, and I do, sit here and just feel this sense of trepidation, almost like a friend who's heading into a bad marriage and they don't know it, but you do. Um, I've watched friends do that, you know, and then kind of talk, talk to you later and vent to you after the honeymoon's over and they're in year two and they realize whether there's kids involved or not, all the ways they're trapped. And that's what this feels like to me. You've got a huge, the biggest market in the country. uh, And yet the results over the last decade or two of mixed basketball has just made this crock pot of angst simmer and simmer, uh, aggravated by bad decisions. And so it's not like you're going to Sacramento or Minnesota or these places where you can be an up and down, you know, uh, a player that's going to maybe have some off times. You're, you're going into this situation in the crosshairs from day one, and you can think about all the nasty ways that the Knicks fandom is going to turn on Jalen if and when he struggles. And, that's not going to be proportionate to his struggles. It's going to be disproportionate because he's going to be the target at which all that built-up angst, at least for until he's traded away, uh, is going to be aimed at because this was the linchpin of the plan uh, of their offseason. So if they do great, he catches all the, the um, accolades. But when you look at what's around him, man, the spacing is going to be terrible. And that scares me for the guy. I mean, it's it's not our problem anymore. I don't understand the world we're living in where Anthony Simons gets four for 100, Ooh. and we, we can't go past four for 104, which leads me to believe that Josh is right. Uh, this is not a situation where more money might have made the difference. Either the he's this overly nostalgic about growing up being a Knicks fan. We underestimated how much the family thing matters to the guy. He wants to be his, you know, run his own team. But I think that's, isn't that what Jeremy Grant wanted? To kind of go be a star on his own team a couple of years ago? Well, it's, it's overrated. It's, and then you... One of the more uncomfortable things I've heard in the last several days, we all heard this one just me, is on like Twitter. Chris Haynes said something to the effect of Luca wanted, or I'm sorry, Brunson wanted more opportunity. And he didn't think he was getting that with the Mavericks. Well, if you go play with a team 
that has, you know, uh, the roster that they field with a number of guys who need their shots. I don't see where he's getting extra opportunity. It's the bad marriage. Like you said, two things that are simply outstanding, Brett. First is the bad marriage analogy. Second, the crockpot of angst, which I feel like we might also be at the moment. Um, but but I I I these this is an you're this is an excellent call in. Um, I don't really have anything else to, to respond to. You. I think you're right. Yeah, we're, and you just kind of feel like this is going to go off the rails for a guy who and. And I've been wanting to, to ask this for a while. Why do we, as a fandom, want to define whether or not somebody is a star or a second star, third star? That is part of the 24-7 news cycle and really isn't about what plays out on the court. Jalen has been a damn good fit, especially this year when Rick Shackles are off of him uh, and he gets to kind of be himself. And you go in a span of a year from – he can't, you know, played off the floor in the Clippers series to losing him. And how do you go from that underrated to being so overrated at this point? I don't know. I don't, don't think it was about the money. I think the, the agents, the, the management team with New York and his dad has been in his ear. And, and I know whether you have a good or bad relationship with your dad or did when he was alive, whatever the situation is in your own personal history, it's just weird to me to want to play for your dad as an assistant coach. More power to him if he wants to do it. It just is weird. And you know, when it goes bad, it's going to make it even weirder. You know what's extra weird? Wanting to play for your dad and Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> like, both. <laughs> that That's like, 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 if he didn't like playing for Carlisle, which is completely understandable, do we really think he's going to like playing for Thibodeau? Like, that's that's truly bizarre. I think you wind up looking back at this, or he does, in um, a little while, and, and kind of wistfully, the way in reverse we did about Nash. We may not miss Jalen as much as we missed Nash back in the day, but I think he's going to, whether he would ever admit it to himself, certainly not out loud to the public, he's going to miss it here because there's something to be said for fitting in this a great situation. I, I agree. Kyrie Irving has given a number of, of interviews over the last, I want to say it's like, 18 months or so where he's made comments along the lines of, man, I wonder how many rings I would have had if we just, if I just would have stayed with LeBron and everyone with a brain is like, yeah, we know you ruined a good thing and just went on your, your baton death march of murdering teams, which he's still in the process of, but yeah. Brett, do you have anything else for us? That's it, man. Thanks for having me up. Of course. Thanks for joining us. Outstanding. All right. Everybody who comes up next is going to have a hard, uh, you know, tough road to hoe. So with that, we're going to go with one of my regular and best guests. Henry, what's up? No pressure, Henry. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to poop this. So, uh, <laughs> just give you a heads up, Kirk. I'm not, I'm not following that. Um, yeah, I, I meant to ask this the other night when I came up, but this whole narrative that uh, somehow Luca's ball dominance is is holding holding people back. Like, what what does he have to do to shed that narrative? Because I'm I'm very confused about where. Go this back is. in time, be born in America. <laughs> I mean, stay here, hang out some more. Like, there's going to be elements of this, but like. I mean, to be fair, he does have a like usage rate of like thirty six percent. So I don't know. It's tough. Okay, but I mean, again, not to 
you know, poop on the supporting cast, but, you know, Nick Wright always brings up all these, you know, how everybody else has had all-star teammates to play with. And by the way, uh, Jalen Brunson is the first player to sign with a new team for $100 million without making an all-star team. Ooh, that's a fun one. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's I, I truly believe if Luka has a legitimate all-star second teammate, I don't think the ball dominance is going to be an issue. I don't either. Good point. Like, I mean, did anybody catch any of of the the Slovenian dismantling of Croatia Yo, today? Him and Dragic went ape shit today. I'm sorry, man. This dude shares the ball when it works. You know, like <laughs> I, I'm, JJ Redick had another stat. He was like second in shot creation for teammates. Like, averages nine assists a game. Like, where is this all coming from? That he's, you know, he doesn't share the ball or, you know. All this shit. No, it's it's commentary that makes me uncomfortable, and I'm I'm really loath. I say a lot of dumb shit because it just happens when you talk as much as I do. But I'm loath to go this way because when you hear this sort of stuff, it's like you don't hear that. So like, does anyone in their right mind ever crit- over criticize? Like, am I missing? I mean, I guess there was a lot of this with Russell Westbrook in his MVP season, but then everyone's waving their arms, going, "But he's the MVP, so what are we doing?" And it's just, you know, the notion, like, th- this sort of thing happens where it's like you can tell when when people are, like, really heavily invested in the NBA and heavily invested in a team. Like, I, I was talking with one of my buddies tonight who covers the Nuggets, and it's like anybody that says they watch a ton of NBA basketball, when it's your team versus the team that you're watching for fun, you simply watch the game different. We all know what the Mavericks do, and we join Spotify Lives, and we – Follow all, you know, we watch, you know, uh, the different Mavs podcasts uh, that are out there. Like I've been, God speak. And, and it's just like hardcore fans where you watch your team. But it's like when I watch the Warriors, I don't watch them the same way as I watch the Mavericks. And so it's just, it's it's so obvious to me that, that there's just like some of the stuff is easy narrative. I mean, I think that some of the narrative self-corrects. If Luca comes into to camp looking like he did today, I mean, he looked outstanding. Um, and, and that, you know, and also maybe can we get the Mavs jerseys slightly more tailored? I don't know. And it's like, you know, like how many times have we hopped in the spot, uh, the green room live after a Mavs game and be like, yo, Luca, you were right there at the rim. Like put, just lay it up. Why are you kicking it out for open three? Like, again, this whole narrative that he doesn't share the ball is wild. Um, I'm probably in the optimistic minority about Jalen leaving. It is what it is. We just got to hire more dads next off season. So that we have a chance, but um, <laughs> <laughs> hire more dads off season strategy. <laughs> this is where we are at now. <laughs> Anyways, that's all I got, Kurt. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, of course, Henry, you're the best. Um, all right, let's keep going here, and we'll see. Uh, Krishna, you're joining us again. Welcome, welcome. Give Krishna a second to uh, unmute. This man has glorious hair if you're looking at his uh his profile photo while he's up here on stage. It's um it's it's frustrating for for those of us who cannot grow long hair quite like that. All right, Krishna, we're gonna give you a, I'm gonna punch you, but please try to come back up because I'm sure you're just having app issues. Um Josh. There you are, Josh. How you doing? I'm good, Kirk. Big fans. First time uh First time calling in, but uh, I really liked your point earlier. But please keep keep talking. Tell me what you're thinking. 
Well, yeah, I just totally came into this week like expecting Cuban to mess this all up and to blame Cuban for pretty much everything. But, I mean, the comments that Chris Haynes is putting out there and that are obviously coming from uh, Rick, Jalen's yeah, dad. Can, can we source some things like like what – Everyone that has sources, like like launder launder your sourcing a little more, <laughs> other than making it sound like it was dictated to you by a particular person. I went off on people who were criticizing reporters the other day, so I don't want to do it today. But I'm just like, this is weird when you read some of the Hain stuff. The the Rick stuff is gross. Like honestly, like I don't think any dad should be like talking about that with their son's uh, career, but it's, it's just pretty gross. And honestly, like the whole meeting thing today, I felt that was pretty gross. Like if the Mavs actually flew out there for a total BS meeting that we already knew Jalen was signing with the Knicks and then Jalen cancels the meeting while they're in New York, like that's pretty gross to me. I don't know. I mean, I threw everything together in a post and I don't, think the Mavericks actually file tampering charges because what are you going to like how do you prove this also the NBA Adam Silver's NBA is is um I don't know it gives me very like post-civil war America uh corruption nonsense where it's just like picking and choosing winners and losers um and I don't think anything would be enforced because it's the Knicks and it's it's so frustrating to me. I, what are you gonna do? Yeah, it's just disappointing because I love Jalen, but you know this is kind of a gross way to go out. But mm. wishing the best, and uh, hopefully the Mavs can uh, rebound somehow. I don't see how. I mean, here's how McGee though, being the first priority was a terrible, terrible way to start the free agency. Honestly. It really was going from Jalen to Javale is um not ideal. But here's how they here's how they bounce out of it. Historically, all of their big misses have worked out for them. It's remarkable if you go look at the last 10 years of data where I talked about this 2 days ago. We in 2016, we were freaking out for Hassan Whiteside and Mike Conley. And that failure, it took 2 years, but that sort of like not being able to put a team around Dirk in post prime years eventually led to Luka. I still want to give the front office the benefit of the doubt. I am very frustrated by them not offering Brunson a contract, but I also get it. Part of my brain also thinks they didn't do it because why would he accept it? He got double the money that did not happen between February trade deadline and today. He's a heck of a basketball player. Exactly. I don't get why. He's, people are reporting like he's resentful he didn't get the extension in Rick February. Rick Brunson like, is resentful. That would have been a ripoff if he took that. That's my That's take. Ridiculous. It's Rick Brunson being resentful. I mean, if you saw his face on any of the telecasts, he definitely looked resentful about every game he attended. Like, every game is like, this guy's vibes are definitely not immaculate. So, yeah. Well, Josh, That's I, 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 I hope you enjoyed your first time calling in. I hope you call back in. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kurt. All right. Sure thing, buddy. Talk soon. All right, let's go to – who else we got? DJ, thanks for waiting, my friend. What's up tonight? And now he's sticking with the Houston Rockets. Up, $22 million, uh, over three years here. You're listening to somebody we can hear in the background. Who you got? Oh, it was the uh... – oh, what was it? Damn it. 
Um, uh, oh, Keith Smith. Keith Smith Love and uh, what's his name? I know I what you mean. Yeah, but, no, uh, don't worry. It's uh, it's it's eleven o'clock at night. What are you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> God. Um, I don't know. I just I'm not mad at Brunson getting his bag or anything. Like I've said before, but just the way how everything just played out, it's just ugh, I can't even like root for the guy anymore just because of the way things were handled. Like. Okay, you want to be the number one guy in New York where RJ Barrett's not the most efficient player. <laughs> Julius Randle was just a train wreck last year. Um I don't know. If he wants to go play for daddy, I mean go ahead and do it. But you know, I'm not mad at him for getting his money. Me either. Me either. I think that, you know, it's funny. Uh there, like the things that people think about what I put out, people will often remember the worst things I say, and never remember anything good. And I like early January 2020, maybe, but it was pre-pandemic where I was just like, send Brunson to the moon. Like I don't want this guy anymore. It was like during one of his stages where his mid-range wasn't falling and he was only shoot like, and and I didn't understand this at the time, and people were telling me, I just didn't believe it, but. Brunson was basically told he was, he should score. That was his role. And then he gets freed from Rick Carlisle and it's like, Oh, Hey, he's actually a point guard. And I really, I just, I really grew to appreciate his game this year. I mean, he was, he kept the Mavs afloat and I think I'm going to remember him the same way. I remember like Michael Fenley before he joined the Spurs. Do you remember that? Like, like there's just like, like a lot of like strong, and granted, not near as long because, like, like Finley. For those of you who are youths, go check out Michael Finley's basketball page. Check out 1998 to 2004, where one season he played 83 regular season games. That's how much of a badass that man was. Anyhow, it's not quite the same level of longevity, but it's just like like a vibes thing where it's like Michael Finley powered the Mavericks, uh, powered the Mavericks through for a long time, and so did. And Brunson really did this year because, like. This the postseason doesn't happen without Brunson dragging them in 2021. I, I he was outstanding. Right. That that's actually a really good comparison. Like, um, and actually, I actually got into the Mavericks as a kid because of Michael Finley, just because he was he was a beast and he always showed up to play. He played his ass off every night and was he was a great player for a long time. But when he went to the Spurs, I was like, dude, screw you. Hated that guy. <laughs> I mean, did, wasn't wasn't he who Terry punched in the balls, or am yep. I making that up? Mm-hmm. No, you're right. It was in the it was in that game seven too. <laughs> God, oh, just so many dark memories. Damn Spurs. Yeah, but I was happy he was able to win a championship just for the wrong. That's team. right. <laughs> That's right. No, and now he's our GM. Like he's well, he's president of basketball operations. But Finley seems to be the guy. Like. Like like that's doing a lot of the lifting along with Nico, so I'm, I'm I love Henley. But anyway, I was rambling. Uh, what what else you got for us? Um, I'm actually okay with the Javale McGee signing. I mean, I didn't want it to be for the taxpayer MLE or whatever, but um, I think it's a good fit. And some of the things that came out that you know he said he was um 
lackluster, I think he said, um, in his first stint here. And Rick hated him. That should, that should mean a lot to some to some Mavs fans because, you know, to come back to a situation where you were before and it didn't necessarily work out and you decide to come back and you want to um, uh, amend things, um, so to speak, um, that speaks a lot. And he's he's won three championships since he's left Dallas. He's become a winner. He's actually, you know, not the same, you know, Shaq in the pool um, highlight reel he used to be. And I think he can actually help this team. It's I, – I, I'll process how I feel about McGee later. I still don't know, and I don't want to judge too harsh. I will say that he is older, and that's hilarious. Like, we're going to be paying JaVale McGee till he's 37. That's a choice. Um, but I also – Carlisle never gave him a chance the first time through. That's just a fact. He was also a different man then. I mean, you know, six, seven years ago, I saw Rick Carlisle minutes after it was announced that the Mavericks were signing him, which when like Woj does those things, that sometimes happens before team officials are notified. Yeah. And he was so mad. I mean, <laughs> like, cause you've, you're like, like picture Rick in some, you know, way too high golf shorts, storming through the hallway at UNLV where the summer league was. And it was just like, and I didn't know Great face and everything, everything. And I was like <laughs> narrow hallway. And I'm like, Oh shit, I'm going to get, you know, it was great. But, but I, he never got a fair shake the first run. So as much as I may not be like my initial reaction is to go. Eh. I also don't, I, my, my initial reaction is certainly not like our Mavs Moneyball Slack is is like despondent where I'm an, an unnamed staffer who is not Josh Bow, I'll be clear about this, came back from like a flight or something and just, just shared in the Slack J JaVale fucking McGee and that was the only thing he said. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I mean just you know how it is. It's like like that's more about I think that's more about Brunson than it is about McGee. I it's it's you know it's like you go to the Western Conference Finals and to have this kind of happen as a team it stinks but you know what what can we do we 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 march on oh no doubt it stinks but you know I'm gonna you know just remain positive about the whole thing even if it looks you know somewhat bleak we still have Luka Doncic and that's all that matters to me <laughs> yep that's right DJ well thanks so much for joining again yeah I appreciate you having me up Kirk have a good night you too. All right. Let's go to Simon. Hi, Simon. Welcome to the show. If you're in the chat, pull out and hit the unmute button there at the bottom of the screen. Um, it's in between where the speaker request button is and above where you see the text. Hey, what's going on, Kirk? Welcome, welcome. What do you got for us tonight, Simon? Uh, no, I just wanted to, you know, call in. First time calling in, but, uh, no, uh, I heard, uh, you know, the discussion and everything, I get everybody's kind of, you know, distraught about, um, you know, the Jalen Brunson, Brunson situation. And I get it. But the thing is, I think this is kind of like a situation that has been brought on because uh, I heard some a, a guy earlier talking about, you know, um, you know, bad decisions with, you know, Steve Nash and all that, uh, you know, years ago. And I'm like, well, there's only been one common denominator, you know, which is Mark Cuban. Hey. And so it's like, you know, when people start saying, you know, Nico Harrison or Jason Kidd or 
Donnie Nelson. I'm like, well, there's always been like one person, you know, and, you know, I'm a guy that's actually wasn't a Dallas Mavericks fan from the start, you know? So I started becoming a Dallas Mavericks fan like about 10 to 12 years ago. I forget exactly what it was, but it was basically I'm from Seattle. So, you know, team left and everything. And then I became a Dallas fan due to certain ties to people and all that and from Dallas. And so, and then I've been riding for them since, but, and, and, but I've always been an NBA fan. So I've always like paid attention to certain things and, and all that. And I've always noticed where like with the Mavericks franchise and everything, it always seems like that Dallas will have like a star player, but then they never have assets to get another star player. You know? I do like, know. I... You, get what I'm, you get what I'm saying? So... It's like they it? have the Dirk Nowitzki, but then it's like they struggle to get the second guy. Now they got... How do you, you fuck know, up... The, like, like you, you do the hard part, and how do you fuck up everything else is kind of how I think about it. <laughs> exactly. And then... And so... And, I've, and I noticed that before, because, like, before I became, like, a Dallas you know, Mavericks fan, like, full on, like, from afar, I was like, you know, I respected Dirk and all that. And then, like, when I started becoming, like, a Dallas Mavericks fan all the way, I was like, man, Dirk's actually better than I thought he was, you know? And then I noticed, Dirk, I was like... Was, Dirk did a lot of carrying. And so I noticed that, like, over time, and I would be, like, talking to, you know, friends of mine, people that aren't, you know, Dallas Mavericks fans and all that, and, I, and then... It's like then when he won the championship, people like kind of was like they kind of laid off it, you know. They were like, okay, because you know he won the championship, but it's like in reality he was always kind of doing that, you know I what do. I mean? So, but like, and I feel like uh, now it's like the same thing. Well, you know, at the end of the day, they they made the Western Conference Finals, you know, and 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 Luca's, you know fourth year okay good you know but the thing is is that we know how the game is now you know kevin durant did a podcast and said kind of like he made it seem like he was deflecting on everybody else and all of a sudden he requested a trade so these guys all of a sudden they just changed their mind you know and yes get unhappy and and all that stuff and so that's one thing that you have to you know put in the back of the head when you're in Dallas Maverick manage, management or the owner, governor, whatever you want to call it. But it, but like I said, going back to what I said earlier, which is it seems like it always goes back to one individual that's been around the whole time. And the thing is, is like it almost seems like he the type of – because, you know – like you said, I, you know, you said earlier, you'd be like, uh, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the deals that they try to do, it didn't work. And it, I mean, well, they didn't get the person they wanted, but it actually worked for them. So he kind of got saved, you know? He was able to kick, kick the can down the road for a little bit and be like, okay, well, it didn't work, you know, for the teams that tried to, you know, that took this individual from us. But then, 
you can't just bank on that, you know, moving forward. You have to, like, eventually build on something and just figure out, okay, well, what did I do wrong the first time? Or what did I do the wrong the second time, you know? And then, you know, but it seems like I I, I do see a little bit of differences, you know, with, with Nico and, you know, Jason Kidd. But it, the thing is, it still seems like it's still about, you know what? We, you know, we're going to still go for the star, but we might have to just do it a different way, you know? And, and I, I, I just feel like if you want to get the star, put yourself in the best position to get the star. Just don't focus on the star. If you get what I'm saying, you know, I do, but I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but I just feel like, I feel like you have to put yourself in position to make that move. And I, I feel like too many times they, they, they don't focus on the little moves to make the big move. And then they just be like, we're Dallas. I'm Mark Cuban. I got a show, you know, uh, you know, and all this stuff. And I'm just like, you've been, but you've been doing that for years and it didn't work. Like you would think like, you know, somebody that's supposed to be, you know, this intelligent, this, all this stuff, like would understand, like, you got to pivot, you know, get back within with the people that you're with and be like, okay, what what are we doing wrong? What could we, and, and, you know, the Nico thing was good. And I think Nico, but the problem is we'll never really know how much Nico and everybody else around has changed the situation that was before, because obviously the situation before run its course and, and that's the thing. And it seemed like with Mark Cuban, what I see from him, he, he seemed like the type of person where he would rather win doing it his way, you know, oh, yeah. than lose doing it the other way. And I oh. think that's a very dangerous path to go down. I you mean, know? if you look at history, he went silent during the 2011 playoffs. If you really want to know why – he went silent in the 2011 playoffs. I'm sure someone in the comments can link to you the article. Following the championship, or I'm, they broke up the title team, and then Marcus assured everyone in the world that he was the smartest guy in the room. They understood the upcoming new CBA better than everyone else, and breaking up the title team was the right thing to do. The argument was so good. I remember reading all the stuff. I don't think I ever bought into it, but I understood why plan powder made sense to everybody. Then Dwight Howard basically blew the whole plan up because he's Dwight Howard and Chris Paul and Dwight Howard had no, you know, basically didn't come to Dallas and everything went to help from there. And it's when your plan as a, when you're dealing in a human element, so many things can go sideways. I mean, this Jalen Brunson thing is a great example of that. Brunson might have had the great, greatest relationship to the world with Luka Doncic, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Jason Kidd, but he still wasn't, you know, Brunson's dad and godfather. And so it's just like, like you know, you make plans and God laughs is sort of what I think. And and there's an element of of things where, and you know, I wrote this really mean, like kind of wasn't mean spirited, but it was just basically like, hey. If Mark Cuban could not do all of these things, the Mavericks would be better. Like him going on TV and saying, we can sign Jalen Brunson to the most amount of money and we think we're going to stay here. Like, 
that is like like understanding what's happened now is horrifying. Like they knew back then that he wanted to go to the Knicks. If if reports are to be believed, like why would you say that? It's there's just so many disappointing things involved in this, and you know sometimes it happens, but it's so frustrating. Yeah, I mean, and the reason why it's frustrating because it's like okay, so you're obviously a very hands-on owner, and you you know you you make comments at times where you. You make it seem like you know basketball, right? But uh-huh. you you couldn't have seen that Tyrese Maxey is better than Josh Green. Well, I mean that's he, that's almost a different deal because the GM Donnie Nelson stormed out of the draft room because he was mad at Haralabob Vulgaris and Haralabob made the picks. And it's like when your GM storms out of the draft room in one of the three or four most important days of the year, you fire him. You don't you don't keep him. You fire him. I don't care how no, long I, you've been with the company. Oh, I agree. I but they but but he he didn't fire him. He he was trying to give him a a, a big fat contract. After you know, yeah. and that that's where I'm saying like, it's it's it, it's one of those things where it, it, it it's it's a very delicate situation where it seems like whoever comes in has to kind of massage Mark and kind of you know make it look like okay well. Yeah, you are the owner, you are the, you know, governor, whatever you want to title you want to say, but you know, I am the GM or vice president of basketball, whatever terms they like to say these days, but I have to still come to you because, you know, you are the expert or you're the owner and it's like it's been like 20 something years or whatever as him doing that and it, and look, there's still been success. I mean, they made the Western Conference Finals, but the thing, it's not about that. It's about could there be more? Could we make improvements? Are we still doing a lot of the same things over and over again, not realizing like other teams that are in our conference or not are in our conference are doing it differently and they're having success? Like the Warriors lost Kevin Durant, realized like, okay, we'll take D'Angelo Russell, who you know, had an all-star season that one year. And so, you know what, we're going to flip this. Even though everybody knew when it happened, he was never a Golden State player. But they saw it as an asset. We'll take that. We'll give him the max. And then we'll flip him to Minnesota, get a pick, and, you know, keep it going. But it seemed like the thing about it's like there's no creativity. That's the biggest thing. I've never really seen too much creativity with the with the, the Mavericks. And I think that's because Mark Keeping has a certain way of where he wants to do things. And it's like, it's too basic. There's not enough creativity and people, you know, meeting of the mind saying like, hey, let's do it this way and, you know, keep it moving and and try to do another way. And, hey. We're gonna we're gonna build the team this way because the Jalen thing, you know, I, I get the Jalen thing, you know, people, you know, mad about that. I think I think the Jalen thing can be uh, fixed and to be, you know, worked around the right way because at the end of the day, like Jay, the money Jalen's making, then you have you know Bertans, Dinwiddie, Hardaway. It's like that's a lot of contracts, so. I get it, you know, could they have gotten him at a lower contract? Yeah, but 
once you don't give him that contract and he doesn't accept it, you have to work it after that and say, hey, man, we can't we can't have Jalen and all these other contracts because we have no you know flexibility. But my thing, it just seems like they kind of do it in a kind of like archaic way. They've been doing it for so long and then they just assume it's going to work out. And it's like, nah, you have to be creative like the, you know, these other franchises like the Warriors and even the Sixers. Like the Sixers got smoked out, you know, in the playoffs. They got James Harden to take, you know, supposedly less money. And they're bringing in P.J. Tucker and other good, good players to fill out the flaws that they have. I uh, appreciate that, man. I mean, uh, I'm just calling in, you know, just trying to, you know, say what I say. But, you know, that's how I feel because, you know, p- they always say, like, there's these roadblocks and all this stuff. It's like, hey, P.J. Tucker is actually the type of profile that could actually help the Mavericks. I never thought P.J. Tucker was going to go to Philly. Now he's in I mean, Philly. I'm, I, I've been old, I'm old enough to where I can't believe P.J. Tucker is in the NBA. Yeah. You know, he's a guy that just he's a guy that just keeps it going. And it's like, okay, they made it work. You know, they got James Harden to do whatever with the contract. And and then and then they're adding other. And it's like they just keep it just seems like there's this kind of the status quo with the the Mavericks. And I and and one thing we know about status quo is it comes from the top. And so. We're going to do it this way and then whatever. And it just seems like. If there were somebody in the position to make those decisions, it would be a little bit different. And it, like I said, it's changed a little bit. I've seen a couple things, but still, there's still certain things where it's just like, I don't know. I think there's it, it can it can get better. It can get better and more creative. And until that happens, you're gonna see teams every off season where we look back and be like. They made that move when we said when, when everybody's saying that they have no cap room, you know, That's right. They told so like, how is that happening? You know, so I, I don't know, but Hey, I, I mean, you know, I just came out here just, you know, talk a little bit, you know, and that's it. Well, thanks for hanging out. All right. Appreciate it, man. You have a good night. You too. Hope you come back. And I, guys, I apologize. My audio is all wonky. I seem to be having like some really shoddy internet. I don't know why. Um, I hope I'm better. Oh, geez. Lots of people talking. Uh, Josh Bowe, um, supposed, uh, editor, uh, also editor of mapsmoneyball.com. What's up, buddy? Do you want to hang out? I'll hang out for a little bit. Um, I don't know if we can do another all nighter like last time, no. but no. I don't know. I just, I haven't, I'm, I've got our, I've got my draft in our, in our CMS kind of been writing over the last couple, like last 24 hours, my thoughts on everything that's going down. And I held off on it because I wanted to wait to see if like something happened and felt like it just kind of got worse. (laughs) And now I'm like still waiting because I feel like I'm on this weird streak where just the opposite seems to happen. Like the last, I feel like four or five of my takes or whatever, I feel like have become immediately invalidated within like 48 hours. So I'm just like, 
kind of creeping around waiting to finish it and publish it, but figure I'd hop on here and just give some thoughts. And I know you've already been doing this for a little bit. So I'm sure other people have already shared. I'm sure some people are mad. Some people are disappointed, but. let down I think it's really helped yeah it, it yeah I mean we've we know we've basically known for what three or four days it feels yeah. like which is kind of weird um my wife it, used the phrase I'm so fucking done with basketball tonight so. yeah. yeah Megan was kind of the same way there too although she's pretty mad she has some funny takes about the maps because she watches the games with me most of them um she obviously doesn't when she she has the ability to watch the game and then like go like all right I'm that's enough um, so her her takes are funny but she was pretty mad about Brunson leaving but she has lots of hot takes on the team because love she gets it pretty mad at him Megan but, um, come on the pod I know sorry but like <laughs> I don't know like someone posted in our Slack this ESPN stats and info tweet that said I don't know if you brought this up earlier but Brunson's the first player in NBA history to sign. A hundred million deal, hundred million dollar deal with a new team, despite having never been voted an All Star, and like some of that, like you can interpret like, wow, he's like super overpaid, you know, like this is crazy. No one's ever like gone from like one point eight million to to a hundred, like it's crazy, you know. And you can almost like twist it to, to justify the Mavericks being in the okay here, but then I'm like. I wonder if this is the first time because like this just doesn't happen because teams just keep their guys. It's like just this it, I don't know how many how many times have the Mavericks gone through like some unprecedented circumstances over the last ten years in regards to like some off season move going haywire. You know, like DeAndre Jordan is like the first guy I can ever remember, you know, going back after a verbal agreement and you know, that kind of stuff. It's just like after a while, it's just the, the mistakes stack up so much that it's like, I don't care how the extenuating circumstances, I'm just like tired of it happening all the time, you know? It's just frustrating. I, mean, I absolutely. I mean, there's just. The weird part is, is like, and I've been listening to some of our older shows, like Free Agency and otherwise, <laughs> where we crack jokes about Brunson being an unrestricted free agent like two years ago. We and did? All, yeah. And, and everybody's <laughs> just like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll deal with that later. <laughs> like, like very much like Scarlett O'Hara. I'll deal with it tomorrow. And I just, it's so funny to me because understanding that we have no say in all this, it's really wild having watched all of this occur in a not the Mavericks made the Western Conference Finals, which is not something I would have predicted. The Mavericks still can't attract free agents three years after we lost our minds <laughs> on a free agency podcast. Like, if you guys haven't heard it, our 2019 free agency podcast, I listened to it today. Josh is so mad that we don't get uh, – what's his name up there in Minnesota, the point guard, uh, the little shit who Luca punishes. Patrick Beverly. Yeah, you like had like a five minute soliloquy about how the Mavericks fucked this up. But we're we're like we weren't, you know, in, in hindsight, it's like we were wrong about like the specifics and the players. We were right about the fact that they really botched the opportunity using that cash base. That is what it is. But 
it's just, it's so weird to say, and that's why I'm not super mad right yet. Okay. We get to like July 6th and the Mavericks haven't done anything. I'm probably going to be pretty disappointed, but you know, our buddy Tim tweeted to the effect of he thinks something is still cooking. He's like, there's no way that there's this many, like, like JaVale McGee thinks he's starting. What about Dwight Powell? Like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. you know? Yeah, it doesn't make, it does, if, if Powell's on the team and training camp starts, that doesn't make any, any sense whatsoever. I mean, the McGee deal, I mean, already doesn't make much sense to me. I mean, I could see through the logic of like, I, I could see from the Mavs point of view, just being like, Hey, let's replace Dwight's 15 minutes a game with this guy who can theoretically give you some of what he's giving and maybe like a smidge more and Dwight makes 11 and, and JaVale is going to make six a year, but you know, Dwight's also expiring. And at the end of the day, I'm kind of like, would you rather have Dwight for one more year at 11 or JaVale for three more years at six and a half? And it's like, I don't, he's 34. Like, I don't like, what's he going to look like when he's 36, 37 at the end of that contract? It's just like, do we weird. want to be punched in the balls or punched in the nose? <laughs> yeah. Like, what are we doing? Like, like what sort of so weird. choice is that? Yeah. I just, and I, and I understand some, you know, some people are like, well, maybe this was the only way to get him because Milwaukee wanted him too. I'm like, then just let him go. Like you, I I, I'm of the opinion that you just don't need to invest. I mean, Three years, twenty million isn't significant, but at the end of the day, I just don't think you should give. I don't think you should give, you know, these kind of mercenary centers more than like a two a year or two, because you just every year these guys kind of come on the market. You can just kind of keep rotating through them. And again, he's not going to be someone who closes games. So, like in terms of continuity, who cares? You're just looking for a guy to sop up like fifteen, maybe twenty minutes mostly of regular season games. And then when the playoffs get here, you know, Wood's going to be the, the guy, presumably, if things go well. Like, I don't, I just don't see McGee being like a, a big playoff minute guy. And CBA, Scott, CBA, Madison, or Slack, I think he summed up the day best. He said, adding McGee and subtracting Brunson puts us down one playoff rotational player. <laughs> <laughs> and remember what we were talking about at the end of the Warriors series about how they needed to get more guys that could give them minutes in the playoffs and right now they're down one and it's just like what's going on um it's great stuff yeah just I, I was fine with mcgee like for one like they needed a backup i they needed a backup center but i just don't know why you give them three years 20 million i don't know why you give that to a 34 year old i don't you know a 34 year old with asthma yeah, I mean, he hasn't been a big minute guy in a long, you know, probably since what 2020 was the last time he played. He has played. He has played out. over 20 minutes per game like one time in the last eight years. Yeah, just it's just so it's weird. Fine. He's he's fine. Yeah, I have nothing wrong with That's him being on the roster. It's just the yeah. context and the and the years. And, you know, what's also weird is that how many times have the Mavericks signed someone and they made it time up to whenever they would have their next big cap space room. Well, their next big cap space room is the start of JaVale's last year. And it's like, wait, the Mavs usually never do this. They usually make sure to time the deals so they expire whenever they're expected to get more room. This is the first time in a while I can remember them signing a role player that actually, like, goes into an open cap year. And it's just like, are they breaking that rule just for JaVale? Or is it like, man, do they have – Something in mind this in the next couple of days, it's going to make it to where it doesn't matter. They're not going to have cap room in three years. Uh, I don't know what that would mean, but 
you know, know I'm, I'm kind of t- I'm tired of giving the team the benefit of the doubt of like there's something like how many off seasons have we gotten through like the first three days of free agency and it's like oh well there's something cooking and there's dude <laughs> I if you go if you it might not even be out there because I deleted like like 350 thousand tweets but if you go look at my tweets from Fourth of July weekend which was free agency in 2016 when the Mavericks signed Harrison Barnes it's like what like. I came, I became unhinged. So like, this is all so boring and fun in comparison. So why don't mm. you hang up, uh, hang out on stage here and we'll, we're going to invite other people. And if you got to go, go ahead and go. All right. I'll hang out for a little bit longer. Logan, what's up? How's it going, Kirk? I'm really proud of you for having a normal profile photo. Welcome. It's not Dorian with Kendall Jenner anymore. <laughs> I'll actually come up. I'll come up with something a little more fitting for how completely effing distraught I am about the past week. You've had a day. You've let me know through like nine different means of communicating. With I other have. Humans. Um, I'm like so far on the other end of like, uh, like some people just are taking this lightly, and I'm the opposite. So I'll try not to be too just like ridiculous. But um, well, for one thing, I, I was you know doom posting about it, and someone retweeted. My my doom post with just Luca's extension and like if you did that to me if you did that at a bar and I was like five Jamisons deep it would be a fight like we are what supposed kind to, why why walk, walk me through this because like it I, I'm just a little tired of the so it's all okay thing because I feel like if you have a top five player you're held to a higher standard it's just very frustrating to me that I, I saw somebody be like, we're good for 48 wins. I'm like, what the hell are we talking about? Oh yeah. <laughs> the Dallas local radio, Josh, Josh is friendly with some of the ticket guys and they all think that the Mavericks will be in a similar position. And it's just like, this is why we argue. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And my thing is that I can actually see a lot of outcomes that we are fine for the regular season. I think one potential outcome is that Luca has easily his best season ever. And that can sometimes end up being like a weird 60 and 22 team that then just gets smoked in the playoffs. I mean, that's what LeBron's Cavs were for like three years before he left. Mm. So, um, like, I really don't think that's that outlandish, especially if Wood works out and you get a little bit from Hardaway and like all these different things. But I want to run this. My main thing I want to talk about, and I know I could be kind of naive or, or, um, you know, maybe too hopeful, but the fact that Jake Fisher and Mark Stein were pretty right about most things and Mark Stein is clued in and they both were like, Brunson is a lock. And then the Knicks open up the space and then he is not a lock. Tells me, and the fact that the contract offered is four or five million more. I still think, and I still think you at least have to make him think about it. We won't ever you mean know. The total, you mean the total amount of money? No, I mean the per year, because I think that's what Brunson cared about. Because his fourth year is a player option on the Knicks. Yes. So he, he did not care about the extended years. And the idea that it's the same amount of money, that that is just spin. And, um, yeah, it just I, – I, I'm frustrated by the fact that you wouldn't, you wouldn't, like, make him make a very hard decision, especially when you told us on national television that you would do that at all costs. I'm frustrated that – Go ahead, an, sorry. an amazing like like I, I think of uh, what, what what sponge no the 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 Simpsons like walking into a field of rakes like <laughs> the, sideshow Bob just like like Cuban just can't help but like and I can't do it too but I'm not I, you know I do this all the time but the difference is he's a billionaire so billionaire walking into a field of rakes is more newsworthy 
Right, right. Well, and it's telling that, like, the biggest analysis are Nate Duncan and Daniel LaRue, which y'all have been talking about Xavier is like a big acolyte of them. They were like, oh, within their situation, they just have to pay him 30. <laughs> and I was like, these are the, these people, like, all they do is talk about value and like it's this obsession more than casual fans. And instead, we have casual fans being like, I don't know, man, that's a pretty big number. That's a pretty big number. And it's just like, what? well, we've all been trained by media and by owners, really, to give a shit about how much this costs. And we're an hour and 10 minutes into this. I'm going to say this and I'm not going to say it again. I don't really want to talk about it. So let's please not do this, guys. We're going to have to talk about Mark Cuban's unwillingness to spend into the tax eventually. I'm not prepared to do that tonight. I I mean, I understand why you're not, because it feels like it's like, let's just compound everything we're upset about into one like over overarching thing that really sucks. Well, what will happen is I'll wake up at like 5.30 one morning to an email from Mark being like, really? Really? Let's talk about it on a show. And then because I'm not a lunatic, I will not yell at a billionaire on my podcast. <laughs> I've been joking. I'm going to try to find a way on Shark Tank with the fake invention so I can do it all for us. But <laughs> What about a GM that knows what it's doing? Well, my, my idea is I'm going to go because this is also I, I tweeted it and I'm going to make a social media site where you have to get invited and it's specifically for basketball talk. So we won't have any bad Mavs takes, and I'm going to go into Shark Tank with it, take Mr. Wonderful, Wonderful's money, and then tell Mark Cuban to fuck off. That's my, that's my order of operations on there's that. A cy- there's a cyber dust joke in there, and I don't know where, <laughs> but I like it. Before you let me go, I just also want to say, I never mind. It's too much. Like the Javal McGee thing, I agree with Josh completely about it. I mean, our season turned around after we stopped playing two bigs together and we put resources. It's not that we have to play two bigs. It's not that like Javal McGee can play the 15 minutes and stuff. It's that the way you use your resources is like you plan to. That you plan to play wood at the four a lot, which doesn't optimize wood. It's confounding, especially when the reporting was we were going to go for a wing after the wood move. So then Brunson leaves and we don't care about a wing. And then we also don't care. I'm confounded by all of it, which I know I've been keeping up with Josh on Twitter about it. And it's just really bizarre. Well, the the thing that's crazy to me, and again, we don't know the full, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in the next 48 hours. But like the reporting made it sound like McGee was like a priority. Like they wanted to get that done. And I'm just like, how do you go through this Western Conference Finals run where you have Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleba and you beat Gobert and you beat DeAndre Ayton? And yeah, Kevon Looney kind of kind of roughed you up a little bit, but I wouldn't say that's the reason they lost that series. Oh, and by the way, you beat JaVale McGee. We played him off the floor. And I'm just like, how do you, how is your takeaway coming out of that playoff run? Okay, we need a big. Like, we need a center. Like, I understand that being like, Hey, before this offseason ends, let's make sure we get a big for a year just so that we can get some some depth. But like get a guy that's telling the media right after he signs he's gonna be a starter and giving him three years, and I'm like, why? Like well, what part I, of the playoff run showed you that you needed this needed to be as big of a priority it is? I just don't get I, that part. I like Hartenstein a lot. I think he's kind of underrated. I there's a lot of good analytics on him. And then the Knicks got him for a million more, which was just such a freaking knife in the heart. But, think- but at least it was like a million, that, like it was literally outside the Mavericks ability right. to pay. Very like true. That makes Very me true. feel better. Like 
Very we, true. Are, we, we had a, a post from a from a new contributor today about Hartenstein on, on the site, and he wrote it like a couple of days ago. So I had to sort of like update elements of the fact that I don't know if any of us like not like anybody that wasn't a Clippers fan, the amount of money he got seems shocking, and it just. You know, every when there are down years with cap space, we hear things like, "Ah, oh, it's just not going to be a great year for free agents." And like, I don't know, seemed like a pretty damn good day for free agents. Mo Bamba went back for a, a significant amount of money, and that dude is terrible. Oh well. All right. So coming up next, I made Josh Bo the host, which means I may not be the host. Josh, you may have to give it back Ooh. to me because now I can't actually. Um, <laughs> How did you I was do like, that? I was thinking I could make you co-host, which I've never actually done before. So if you click my name, there I got you. Go. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Just, Let's you know. get what's his what's his name, Patrick. Let's get him on the horn and submit a bug report. A bug report. So I don't want multiple hosts on this jam. <laughs> Taylor, what's up tonight, my friend? Taylor, are you there? I'm here, guys. Um, How you doing? It's been a great night. It's it's been great listening to you guys. I feel so much. I mean, I feel so much better than I had earlier. It's, it's I was so, so much better listening and talking than it is being on social yeah. media. Like, dude, like, I mean, I was I was so pressed after this. Like, literally as much as as, as bad as I had been after any of them, because it's just three massive failures with JB. Like going back to the first, you know, I mean, this is like Donnie's mess. Like some people have been saying in the chat, like not signing him to the signing him to the four year deal. Rather than the three-year, I, I, I may be wrong, but my understanding is it's like the typical three-year deal for a second rounder would have given us, made him a restricted free agent after last year. And just think about, we would have matching rights and just think about the deal we would have gotten after he, the way he played in last season. That's the fuck up one. And then, you know, listening to Mark on the, Mark Stein on the void this week, like talking about how, we could have thought we could have done the extension before the season. We could have done it, in the, but we didn't it during the season. But we didn't want to do it because we thought we could trade for like Beal or something. And then and then we go and offer and Dodo signs immediately after the trade deadline because he takes bingo. It and, J, and, and JB's like, nah, man, like y'all were you didn't want to pay me, and you were trying to and you were willing to I trade. I don't think me. he was so offered. Like, I know it was reported that he was offered. I don't think he was offered the deal. Josh, what do you think? Wait, it's been reported that he was never. I think the consensus is he was never offered the extension. But I think that's bull. Like, Mark, like Mark has been pretty. Mark's been pretty adamant about it in his reporting. It seems like. But he just got it. Like okay, I don't. I am vicious towards this front office when I think they fucked up. Why would yeah. you offer a guy a four for fifty-five extension when he just got a four for one hundred and four? That's almost insulting. Wait, what well, are you I, talking about? I think we're underestimating, but I think we're underestimating how low his value was after that Clippers series last year when he yeah, played on no, the Yeah, I, I don't and know. Like, just, he, he would, and, he and would, would why would why would why would Rick Brunson come out and say it so explicitly multiple times that like on the record right. that like we would have taken the four for 55 or 57, whatever it is. So not to like, it's just sorry to bring the, bring the mood back down. My, my point was that I was pressed and then I was even more pressed, like pressed whenever I saw the JaVale thing. Cause I was like, JaVale, JaVale, 
he's played well recently, but he's been playing on these one-year deals that are like kind of prudent deals that have kind of he's been he's been in like a perpetual contract year. So we're finally giving him an extended deal. And so I'm just kind of like with his back with his like, you know, shenanigans or what have you. But then I stopped to think about it. And with what you guys have been saying, him and Dwight, there's no way they think that like what you guys were just saying about how the playoffs went. It's like Spider Man be slightly smaller Spider Man. Yeah, but at least he but at least he grabs boards and he affects shots at the rim. But I think what you guys are saying, like he's not there's no I, I think there's something in the book, like like cooking. Like this is why I'm this is maybe just like me justifying it to like justifying this to myself. But like yeah. especially like here's my here's my thing. I've been saying Brogdon for, for we've all been a lot of us have been saying Brogdon for forever to be perfect with Luca. I don't know how we do it, but we know we know Carlisle loves uh Dwight Powell. So <laughs> this is my this is my this is my like pipe dream that we can maybe make something work to 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 bring Brogdon in. Uh, I don't know how we do it with picks and everything, but like that's that's basically the only hope I have at this point. Hey, you want to you want you guys want to hear something? You know, talking about going back to Javale. Y'all want to hear a fun stat, a fun fact? Let's hear it. Uh, Javale's three-year, twenty million dollar contract is the second largest contract of his career in both yeah. years and dollar amount and since his rookie it, deal. Since his since the uh, the four-year, $44 million deal he got with Denver back in 2012 <laughs> after he had, like, that huge playoff run against the Lakers. Where are um, the hard since, drugs? Since 2015, <laughs> he has played on one-year deals except for one two-year deal with the Lakers worth $8 million, everything else yes. one year. So yeah. 34 years old, gets the second largest contract of his career. The song Where Have All the Cowboys Gone is, is like playing in my head. I'm very – this is – thanks, Josh. Fun fact. Real fun. <laughs> and also I, was, I want to say um, about the Brunson extension thing, you know, there's, you know, he said, she said with, with what Brick's, Brick Brunson's saying with the extension. But, like, with the way – how quickly Dorian signed his extension after the trade deadline – yeah. I totally believe that the that Cuban in the front office would hold off on extending Brunson so that they could potentially trade him because they still have yeah. star dreams. Like, well, I see, totally believe that. The, the that's logic, where I'm the logic of how, yeah, the logic of all that plays out to me. That hearing hearing Mark on the void this week, like that, that's that's what really like started grinding. Well, the gears. here's the thing: Stein Stein is 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 reluctant to I think ever really totally criticize in his reporting and on that he's like they made a mistake yeah and that like josh and i've been joking for three years about the the domino meme where it's just like hey keep making and it's like your path for six and again not to be doom and gloom guys no, but you're right. But, we we made it. We made it so narrow. The mar, the margin for error. We made we made the margin for error so small that we just we we tired. I mean, my hot take is that the KP trade was the dumbest fucking thing this organization ever did, and I was <laughs> pissy about it at the time because yeah. I'm like seven three guy with knee injuries, and my good buddy Dalton was like, but seven three guy with shooting, <laughs> and it worked for like 15 games, and it worked magically, and eight because games you sent out those picks. Uh, oh well. What are you gonna do, yeah. Taylor? I think is that Vince Young with you? 
Yeah, yeah. That, 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 oh, I snagged a picture of them at one point. Fucking awesome. All right, yeah. man. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on. Love what you guys do. Keep it up. Thanks. Sure thing. Yeah. Like the Vince Young, one of the most incredible athletes I've ever seen in my life. Chris, now let's try you again. Oh, sorry. I was I was away because I had to help someone, so I had hey. to leave. I'm sorry about that. How you that. doing? Um, Welcome back. I'm doing. I don't even know. Like there's 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 roller coasters and then there's Mavericks free agency. Oh yeah. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to our nightmare, the water. It's like the Brunson thing, like you talked about at the very beginning, it's like you want to blame everyone and you kind of don't know who to blame at the same time because this is kind of a capitulation of a ton of mistakes on top of another and it's not like you can blame one person because then another mistake was made. And the, the worst part about it is you're probably never going to know the truth of who actually failed. Like what was the critical point where this was the reason, like this was the end. And I think probably yeah, the extension stuff is there, but then you could always go back and you could say, Oh, well uh, the three year, the four years instead of the three years was the failure and all these things. And like, it just keeps going back and back and, and uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know anymore. And the JaVale McGee signing, like if you don't have Dwight Powell on the books, like if Dwight Powell, you would somehow got rid of at some point. Okay. Maybe you could justify it. You can't justify this. Like you can't justify it at all. Like just don't use it at that point. Just don't use your taxpayer MLE. I feel like, uh, am I crazy in saying that? Like Why? I don't have a good response to this. Uh, <laughs> and the I worst part, the, the, the worst feeling was I was on 77 spaces on Twitter earlier in the day and we were talking and we, I generally, I was a little more positive, right? Without the, 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 the McGee thing. Cause I felt like this roster is not great. I'm not going to sugarcoat it, but it felt like at least with this situation, it felt somewhat like a stand. Like, okay, we're at least going to draw a line in the sand. Whether you think it's right or wrong, they had a number, and they drew a line in the sand. Like, they weren't going to keep going back to the to the, to the the pot and try to get more water and try to convince Bruns and all these things. They just made a decision. But then the, the McGee thing happens, and it's like, why are you offering this extension to him? Like, there, I feel like there are other centers I would rather offer that money to, like, Go to Indiana and go to Jalen Smith and see if he wants this much money. Like, why are you offering it to a guy who is 34 years old, who's fine? Like, I don't think he's a bad player, but you don't uh, you don't offer this to someone that old uh, already when your roster is aging, which doesn't That's, make sense. Well, so you just hit on something that I can't wait, cannot wait to, to make fun of the Mavs about because Jason Kidd has a remarkable tendency. No matter what team he's coaching, no matter if it's like like staffed by Tibetan monks that are all seventy you know years old, he refers to every fucking team he coaches as young. It is this is this is is my problem. Is like even if JB was here, you could not argue this team is young because minus three four people on this roster, everyone else would have been. 25 or older that if Jalen Brunson was on this roster, that would have included Jalen Brunson. Now everyone is at least 29 or older, I believe on this roster. That's correct. And, and that is incredibly frustrating. That is a 
part of that is failure to do anything in the draft and acquire talent. And part of that is failure to move on from older pieces. And and I can't blame guys for their age. Like you can't, I no. can't sit here and do that. That's a ridiculous thing. Like you can't sit here and say, Dorian Finney-Smith, why are you five years younger? Like what, what the heck are you going to do about that? But it, it's a failure on so many parts. And I feel like it, it's, it's, it's one thing to accept a mistake and then just swallow that and then move on. And it's another thing to make another mistake on top of another. And I'm worried right now because up to this point, I was fairly confident in the, Har- in the Harrison regime up to this point, the front office regime, that, okay, they're not going to make a mistake upon another. But now it's just like, I don't know. Are they just going to do the same things over and over again? Make another mistake on top of another? Like, who knows? Because at this point, getting mad at the Mavericks is reasonable because we can always talk about what ifs. But what ifs are what ifs until they happen. It's not what's happening right now. Yeah, I'm writing my Brunson Pete. Like I said, I've been working on it, like my reaction to this. I'm not sure why it's going to be on the site. I'm still kind of waiting. But you like, don't want to torch everyone. Talking about these mistakes. Yeah. Think about since they've drafted Luca, like think about these four massive roster building mistakes. You've got the Christos Przingis trade. So you trade away two first round picks and, you know, a bunch of whatever. And you get, you know, at the end of it, you get Spencer Didwini and Davis Bertans. Like, they salvage it a little bit, but it's still, like, that's a massive failure. Those two picks have probably held them back from doing a lot of stuff in the last three years because they haven't had trade ammo to do anything. So there's one. Then you got a max contract slot in 2019, and you turned that into Seth Curry, DeLon Wright, and Boban. Curry and Wright aren't even on the team by 2021, and Boban doesn't play. So that's what you turned your max contract slot in 2019 into. Then in 2020, you had three picks in the top 36 of the draft. You missed all three of them. Two of the picks, 31, 36, are no longer on the team. And pick 18, Josh Green, regardless of his development, is already a missed pick due to the clear choices of Bain, Sadiq Bey, um, and, and Maxi. Uh, and, if, hell, you could even go Peyton Pritchard probably. is going to end up being a better pick than Josh Green. Now, number four, you lose Jalen Brunson, the second best player the Mavericks have drafted in the past 20 years after his first contract for nothing. And it's like, that's a lot of mistakes to fit within like four years of drafting your franchise stud. And I'm just like, yes, we can say that the Mavericks are fine in the aggregate because Luka sets a bar so high that they can't really fall that low. But at a certain point, those mistakes are just going to keep stacking on top of each other to a point where you run out of rope and you can't make another mistake that big. Yep. Like this was why franchises don't survive that many mistakes in that short amount of time. This was why I was sort of like when Seth Parnell came on, on my show and was like, well, I really think they should let Brunson go because I don't think he can pay to uh, afford to pay him. And my thought was, I'm just like, do we not understand the amount of, and like this is where you and I, Josh, get taken to task, where we get called negative and all these names from people who just want to be told how special they are and how good their team is. It's not how this works. Like the Mavericks have had some bad luck go their way, and then they've compounded that bad luck with stupid decisions. Yeah, like I, I what I'll say is like DeAndre Jordan is somewhat bad luck, right? Like 
who is predicting that DeAndre Jordan is going to be locked in a room with all his teammates and executives? Yeah, it's never happened like, before, and it'll never happen again. Like, like that's bad luck. But not signing Jalen Brunson to a restricted contract, like so he's only on a three-year deal, but you have the option to, you know, you his restricted you off the offer offer to match. That's not bad luck. That's a conscious decision you make. Drafting is a cautious decision. Now, no one is batting one. Like we can talk about all the teams that bat, that draft really well, like the Warriors and the Grizzlies, you know, but they miss picks. Like, but they draft really well because they just hit on one or two, and that's all they need to do. They don't hit a hundred. No one hits a hundred, but you can't hit sub one. Like you can't hit sub point one, you know, and that's the problem. Is and then I, there's a reluctance almost to admit you've made a mistake and just swallow the pill, like swallow the pill and move on. And and, and I don't know if this run office is going to do that. And I'm worried that if the, if they don't swallow the pill and move on, it's wasted because I think the, this, this franchise has been spoiled by Dirk in a way that I don't sure. think we've realized because who, what other superstar, I no superstar would have gone through 2006 and ever re-signed with the team. I like I can't think of a superstar who would have done that. Because who like who even Steph Curry who is now like the modicum of that like the symbol of hey I'm staying with the team forever. You could have argued oh but they went 15 and like 15 and whatever but yeah but you you could use the excuse of injuries and it's not like they made the playoffs and had a collapse of historic yeah. proportions. So. Uh, if anybody expects, and if the if Mark Cuban expects, and Nico Harrison, I don't think Nico Harrison expects this, but I think Mark Cuban, in his brain somewhere, thinks this: that Luka Doncic is going to be Dirk Nowitzki. He's wrong. No one is Dirk Nowitzki. No one is like that. No one is going to stay with a franchise for 21 years through thick and thin, just because they really care and they have some sort of semblance of of affection for the for this fan base and for for people. No one is going to be like that. And and th- there's so much proof of that because unless you prove to Luca that it, it's not just about making moves, but making moves and then doing right by him and then they hit and then it works. Unless you do that and you prove that, why would anyone stay? Why? And you can even argue in that Dirk era, there was at least some semblance of continuing to improve, but I, I don't know. Like, Up until 2011. <laughs> Yeah, until 20, like 2011 in many ways is the saving grace for this franchise. If 2011 doesn't happen, like where is this franchise now? Right? And I think, I think, and, and even after 2011, okay, you choose not to pay the tax. Well, you should have bought them out then. You shouldn't be trying to be a middling team. And you should have bottomed out then. That's a mistake that in, in many ways has accumulated up to this point. And it's just very frustrating. And you guys talked about like the Cuban thing and it's like, I don't know what this franchise thinks it is or what it thinks it's going to do, but you can't always bank on the fact that Luca is going to save you. And you can't bank on the fact that Luca is going to be here forever because, you know, the Kevin O'Connor did a free agency thing earlier today. And I asked him like, where do the Mavericks go from here? It's like, I don't really have hope. And he's like, well, you have Luca. And I was like, okay, sure. But you only have Luca for so long. Like OKC would have said, "Oh, we have we have Kevin and Russ." They only had Kevin for so long. Like Cavs said, we had LeBron. They only had LeBron for so long. You only have a player for so long, and 
And we're seeing it now. Contracts don't. I mean, we know it. We, I mean, that's, I was listening to a 2019 podcast. Yeah, I, I'm not I. saying I'm not saying you two. Like you two are yeah. the, not the semblance of. The, I'm saying like it feels like too often than not in the wider range, people are just like, oh, it's fine. Luca's gonna stay. Like it'll be fine. Yeah, like like you, you see, like I get it because that's generally what people think. People think, oh, you get drafted, you stay there for a while. Like. But that's not the reality anymore. Like stars right. will leave if they need to. Like I'm pretty sure this is this is my guess. If the Bucks don't win that championship uh, two years ago now, I don't think Giannis is there at, in Milwaukee. I honestly think that because that championship is that important. So even if he signed the extent, even when he signed the extension, he easily could have asked for a trade away. And and it's I don't think the Ma- the Mavericks are not there yet, but they're going to be there soon. The years will tick and the seasons will tick and no, we got we'll about, see. the Mavericks have the Mavericks have if you go look at Lucas signed a five year extension. Five years. Four, fifth year is a player option. And sometimes people forget that because not every like I think like Spo Tracker, like one of the two doesn't like one of the two big tracking services doesn't have Lucas fifth year as a player option. It's a player option. Yeah. So you assume a four year contract. The Mavericks quite literally have two seasons until the traditional player route of what are we doing comes into play. And no one likes to hear that. Everyone thinks that they, that's me being an asshole. And I'm just like, it's because I watch more than just the Mavericks and pay attention to the league and don't have, you know, it's like, like I'm, I cannot wait for whatever local media article tomorrow comes out, which says something to the effect of, Hey, it'll be okay. And I'm just like, sometimes I don't want to be told it's okay. I want to be told that, you know what? We need to be – there's there's a huge segment of fans that love that, that want to be told they're special and that everything is fine. I don't want that. I want to know that like what the potential outcomes could be. And so it's like – I didn't mean for this kind of show. You know, we're an hour and a half in. But I didn't mean for this sort of show to be like doom and gloom. But it's like, like it just – the the narrow like the path to success at the moment is just way more narrow than I would have assumed for a team that made the Western Conference Finals. Uh, yeah, I mean, and it, it's it's almost like you know they always talk about like winning papers over cracks. I feel like that's what this Western Conference Final appearance has done it is papering over cracks, and instead of really evaluating the cracks. And having a go at it, getting the concrete and fixing it, it's kind of like, oh, no, like, leave the paper there. It's fine. Like, it's not going to get any larger. It won't become a pothole. And it's like, <laughs> I, I, I want to have faith. I really want to have faith that Nika Harrison is like, no, F this. We're fixing this crack. We're fixing this pothole before it gets any larger. But based on what's happening right now, I'm not sure. I can't say that. I mean, that's what makes this difficult is because these two, it's like where I, I, on the one hand, all the like in Nico, we trust bullshit. I'm just like, stop trusting authority people. What planet are we living on? Number two. But then the second thing is like, I don't want to blame those two for anything because they inherited like, like, like Mavs, a long time, like capologist, Keith Grant, who'd been with the team for 42 years, retired today, (laughs) this week. I don't want to kill anybody on the way out, but somebody made a joke in my timeline that said something to the effect of any man that wears those like, like weird spectacle glasses, like bifocals. It's like, I don't want him running the cap. And it made me <laughs> laugh so hard. And I've been thinking about it for such a long time. Cause it's just like, 
the Mavericks like put themselves in this own situation because when Cuban bought the team in 2000, he hired a bunch of people that were his friends that were smart and different. And then all of a sudden it's 2022 mm-hmm. and a lot of people were still yeah. affiliated with it's, the organization. Cato even said in his article today that even though Nico's here, a lot of the same people that work in the front Nico office and scouts are, like, that's yeah, they're still like, here. <laughs> damn shoe executive who has relationships. That doesn't mean I don't think he can't grow into the role, but it's just like, have any of you guys taken a new job you were like slightly unqualified for? Like it takes a while. I'm still doing that with my real job. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, Krishna, I, I have like 10 more people and I have to go to No, no, yeah, place. go ahead. I I just, you know, I, I hope everyone gets it off their chest. It feels at least a little bit better. But Good. thanks, guys. I'm glad. Thanks for hanging out. Talk soon. Thank you. Okay, Jacob, you've been waiting. What's up, buddy? Hey, y'all. I hope y'all are doing all right. So, uh, are great. This is fun. This is much more productive than, like, responding angrily to tweets, which there's a lot of, like, like deleted tweets tonight for me. Oh, yeah. I bet 2019 was very bad. It was, it was, it was for me, too. So, well, there's not really much I can add because uh, I think pretty much everyone's covered it all, except, you know, I'm not too terribly torn up about Brunson leaving. Um, I mean, I know – to me, to me, I think the person who I blame the most is his dad. Uh, and sure, yeah, he he just dude kind of seems like a bit of a helicopter parent if there ever was one. I think he kind of just forced it or whatever. And Woj was being a mouthpiece for the Knicks on Twitter, and I don't know, the whole situation is just kind of weird. I mean, don't get me wrong, I the front uh, front office failures or you know, Mark Cuban, I should say, is uh, like like. How how are you gonna not how are you gonna have a walkaway price supposedly after you said a month ago after the last game of the season that we can pay him more than anybody else like whether we pay him or not we're over the cap so just, just I look forward to that anyway. spend that spend is gonna be magical yeah yeah no it's just I, I hate it for the fans that, and I and I hate it for I hate it, especially hate it for Dirk that in the past ten years our biggest free agent was Chandler Parsons. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, one thing you hit on with the with the oh, Rick Brunson thing. Uh, I've been thinking about this. Sorry, I don't mean to Bogart, uh, but I was just thinking like I don't know if you guys have seen people on Twitter that have kind of been trying to make the excuse that like. Well, what could the Mavs have done? Like the Knicks have been like engineering this master plan for the last couple of years, and Brunson, Rick Brunson, has like forced the Mavs' hand, and there was nothing the Mavs could do, and and the Mavs were just blind. You know, like they just it, it was just this master plan by Rick Brunson to get his son out of Dallas and into New York. And like the other part of my brain is like, okay, if you guys on Twitter can can decode this master plan, and the front office can't and can't trade him before he leaves for nothing, like that's also bad. Like it's not like I'm kind of scared if, if that's what actually happened, that my front office doesn't have the foresight to see this working in the background and not be able to move the player before they lose him for nothing. But I just want to get that off my chest. Sorry. Keep, keep going with your, your points. No. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, just, just by looking at him on the TV, it looks like he would rather be anywhere else than watching him, his son play for the Mavs. But whatever. I mean, it, to me, it just it is what it is. I mean, he left for the Knicks, so what? I, you know, whatever. <laughs> but uh, with the whole JaVale McGee thing, I don't know. It's not a sexy move. I don't hate it. I don't understand the years. 
<laughs> but the money is just it's not my money so i don't care yeah. it's like it's like someone uh holding in the chat said well maybe that's like part of a tradable contract later and i'm just like <laughs> i hear the logic but i'm just like it hurts my face yeah, well, I mean, I guess the way I can uh, kind of justify it is, you know, we went from Dwight Powell to a center rotation of Christian Wood and JaVale McGee, so, I mean, that's not too bad. I, I did see that he said that he is anticipating starting, which, I mean, hold on there. Buckle I mean, I'm, I'm anticipating getting a real job from this shit, so good luck to me and him. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks so much, Jacob. Yep. All right. Uh... Let's go. Mario, you've been waiting a real long time. How you doing, Mario? Hey, Kirk. I thought I was going to be have to wait a little no, bit. No, you're here. What's up? Um, I got some rapid fire for you here. Let me pull out my my I list here. I love, you. I love it so, when you all make lists. <laughs> well, last night, or last time I talked to you, I feel like I forgot what I was trying to talk to you about because I thought of it, and then I hit the I request, feel that, man. and then by the time it came to me, yeah. So I think everybody's, you know, talked about the point about him making the decision based on, I guess, a childhood memory and whatnot, which I can somewhat relate to. But I, I think what, what I'm coming back to is if the whole narrative is around the Mavs didn't offer him that Dorian Finney-Smith deal, right? When when was he ever going to sign that, right? Like, he's he's not signing that deal. He clearly is having a season where he can take his chances on the open market, and worst-case scenario, he's going to get that deal in the offseason, right? Well, like, uh, what about ahead. after the Clippers' playoff series? I mean... Well, well but, but right. But, like, the, the theoretical, like, offer that was given to DFS, right, was could have been given to Brunson. And by that point we had said, Hey, you know, you're having a pretty dang good season. Right. So I feel like the worst case is, yeah, he gets hurt, but I mean, clearly he comes from a family of being well off. His dad was an NBA player. So I don't think he was necessarily worried about, you know, going broke if he got hurt, right. He could bet on himself. So I'm saying at the worst case, he signs, or or could get the same offer even if it's not from the Mavs. So he's mad that we didn't offer it to him. But when is he going to sign that deal? I guess is my what my question is. And then as a piggyback off of that, what's your thoughts about the whole tampering situation? Because you know, I think Mark Stein had a tweet about you know thirty thirty deals in thirty minutes, and the whole replies is just. Yeah, it's called tampering, bro. Like, this is the league. <laughs> Josh, I'll let you answer both <laughs> questions, and then I'll go. Okay. Uh, well, when was he going to sign it? I guess the only part that makes sense logically is maybe earlier this season, and they said it was around January. Uh, you know, he, he put up a pretty good November and December, and he played well. Like, he was on his yeah, way to having a really good season, so I understand. But – so that's maybe where, because still there was still that playoff hurdle. Like I know it's hard to think about now because he had so, so many incredible moments. Yeah, Utah. like that's when yeah. it was over. Like it, that was when he was getting whatever he wanted. But back then it was still like, okay, he's doing really well. His next challenge is can he now translate this to the playoffs? And I mean, 
I don't know if that meant his value was still not higher than maybe that extension. Like it's still possible, but yeah, I can believe that he wasn't getting a, a hundred and ten, hundred and six million dollar contract in January. Um, yeah, no, I can fair. maybe believe that. But but like you said, you know, then he plays really well in January and he plays really well in February, and by then you know the trade deadline's over and he's like screw it. So that's what that's what. It I'm could, yeah, because it's it, I mean. I don't know this, right? I'm a, right. just some guy, but like I'm Are assuming a, an NBA GM doesn't just get convinced by a series in April, right? Right. Like they they got a they got a body of work that they go, uh, yeah, I'll bet my badge on this, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good well, point. It's also the Knicks and the Mavs, the two teams with like the <laughs> worst free agency Honestly, history that's what makes me time. more mad is it's just the fucking Knicks, and well, it's like, dude, like. I get it. We're the Mavs. We don't get. We don't sign anybody. And Mark Cuban thinks he's outsmarting the whole world. But like, goddamn, like the fucking Knicks. Come on, they're they're yelling "fuck KP" during the national anthem, and we lose to those guys. Yeah, it hurts. I, I would say <laughs> I, I I tend to agree with both of your assessment about the the contract. I I also, as much as I don't think tampering matters in the macro sense. I yeah. do find it fascinating how many people, you know, I had Fred Katz of the athletic on yesterday who said that he talked to it more than it's not like one or two, like multiple team officials from non Mavericks teams that felt that what went on here was like, there's not, it was shit, just blatant. And, then there's, and there were, it was the Draymond green. I got a technical, I dare you to kick me out of the game. It was, it was the big middle finger. It, instead of the nod, <laughs> the wink, it was the, you know, we, it's like, like, what are you going to, like, what are you going to do? Like, stab stop me, ma- man I stab. You. I dare you to stop me, Adam Silver. So, Please come out. So me. that, that, like, I earnestly think that the Knicks get fined for something in relation to this because oh, it's like, great. Oh, I reviewed great. everything <laughs> and it's like, it's, it's a wild series of events that like it being in the middle of you're like huh okay that's fine and, it, and then you and, re- and, no I I sorry to cut you off but it just like it reminded me of like Jalen Brunson he said hey I I should have been a first round pick and I wish that you would do me this solid to not make me an RFA right and we we stupidly did it because we said oh he'll be good to us later. And I mean, I, I don't know about the rest of the audience. I'm I'm in a business type of job, and like that's that's like day to day, right? Like it's like sorry, like I don't really care. Like this is about making money. So yeah. I I just wish the Mavs were a little bit more clinical in that way. But you know, here we are. I'm <laughs> yeah, my I'm too, I'm to too deep into about, this shit. Yeah, my answer to your question about tampering is when the fuck are the Mavericks going to tamper for the love of God? Can we, I mean, legit, legit. Can we get some shit like that going on here? What's going on, man? I want to see some 501 tweets that the Mavericks have signed like three guys for the love of, can I just get that once before I die? Please. I, I, I honestly, if the Mavs want to hire me, I'll be happy to fucking tamper all day long. (laughs) Well, thank Mario. Thanks guys. your, uh, Your comments. Thanks so much. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's let Scott up. Hey, Scott, how you doing? I'm uh, I'm doing all right, man. This really sucks, but you know, hey, it's an it's a yearly tradition. <laughs> See, you're getting to experience for the first time on the writing side. Where it's like you make all this stuff that like 
then a week later is like kaput. <laughs> yeah, I definitely wrote a couple articles that I didn't even like send you. You know that I had kind of had my uh, word document or whatever. But I got a couple thoughts. One, we we still don't know if Jaden Hardy is actually getting any of the MLE. Stein, from my understanding, is the only one that has said that he's getting a slice of the MLE, which. If he does get that, then the max we can offer McGee is three years, seventeen point two million. Um, so I don't. That's know. worth following. That's worth yeah. following. Well, I mean, is it? <laughs> and if a Twitter McGee account, like you guys it, can follow too if you really want to know where. Uh, never mind, I'm tired. <laughs> if McGee doesn't like it, he can just go somewhere else and probably not get as much money as we offered him. So. Amazing. <laughs> So uh, I, I think if we if we I would like to give Hardy that and I would like to give McGee less money. That sounds better to me. I read something early in the evening and I could not find it where it's like this doesn't make sense. You know, this is how much Javale would make otherwise. And it was like 15 million. But I mean, I, I think we're our 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 group of fans who are not fans of McGee, at least the signing as a whole. Or like, how do we just not give this guy the veteran minimum? Who are we bidding against for JaVale McGee in 2022? I just like how we were like, yes, Nico got off that Trey Burke three-year with a player option trash. Okay, let's give JaVale McGee a three-year bigger deal with a player option. I like, mean, is, is Eddie Curry available? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> Can we get uh, Lance Stevenson on a four-year with, uh, you know, some more player options going on? Well, the, the DeAndre German one's a funny one. The chat was talking about this earlier. I mean, I think he was signed for two for six. Well, that's like, just that's a straight up minimum deal. Like it's yeah. it just get announced that way because the minimum. Uh, I don't know how many years he has. A ten year vet minimum is two point nine million. So I think the least you could get is six point one, six point right. Anyway, so yeah, he's right at that. That's what that's what he's getting, is just the minimum. Um, Anyway, that's another thing. The other thing is, like, we had two main assets going into this offseason, our first-round pick and this taxpayer MLE, and we used both of them on the front court. Uh, JaVale is not going to play rotational minutes. I sent you the screen grab of all his playoff series that he's played. You know, he's he's won three championships, and he's also played 77 minutes in the finals total. <laughs> and he's yeah, also he didn't played play. – and he played like 70 minutes total in all the Western, Con- I mean the conference finals that he's been to. So he doesn't he doesn't play. I mean he's going to average in the playoff. I mean he's a regular season player. He's going to help out as far as like keeping our other players healthy and not being banged up, you know, with all the reps in the regular season. But it just doesn't make sense that we would use both of our main. Now now Wood is a more dynamic player, so he's actually probably going to help a lot, but. I'm the one who wrote the article, keep Jalen Brunson at all costs, and we're not keeping him even at what seemed like fair costs, you know. So it, anyway, I'm frustrated. But, you know, if we get Dragic, then I'll be able to talk myself into a top four seed because I'm a, a, a an optimistic Man, number. They look good today, dude. I, it's not like Dragic is not an 82-game player. He's a 16 we 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 gave a three year deal to a thirty four year old and, and we wouldn't give a four year five year deal that was bigger for a twenty five year old. So anyway, just self inflicted. No, I I'm feel that on. man. Thanks so much. Talk soon, okay? See you, man. Bye. Scott's done great stuff for us this off season. Um, 
Let's go to Gordon. How you doing, guys? I'm fading like 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 I'm sinking. So, <laughs> what do you got for us? Yeah, so I, I I didn't catch the name of the guy a couple of callers ago, but somebody already got to the Brunson take before I did. Um, but uh, I'm not gonna let that stop me from getting yeah. to mine. Uh, yeah, so I just I don't really like I, I just don't really I can't really envision a world where Brunson signs for four fifty five. So it's kind of hard for me to put us not extending him you know, at the feet or on the shoulders of, you know, Mark Cuban and the organization. I mean, in, you know, I think, I think Josh, you know, said something about, you know, well, you know, he ended up, you know, obviously signing, you know, for, for, for much more than that, but it's like that 455, I mean, like that's his floor, right? So like, why, in what world does, does he sign, does he extend for that? I just don't see it, but Maybe I, there seems to be, there seems to be like, like some sort of, I I never want to tell anyone how to feel. I I used to do that a lot. It's never good, but it seems like Brunson is very like from all the pieces have put together Brunson and Rick Brunson were offended that the offer wasn't put on the table. I remember a true, uh, or I'm sorry, a hoop collective podcast where Tim McMahon said they never were putting it on the table out of respect because they thought he would like, they thought it was a disrespectful sign to offer a guy an extension who could clearly make more money. Yeah. Well, so why, so then why do we believe that, that they would be like, why do we believe that they would be truly insulted by that? It's like, I, I just, that just, it doesn't, that does that, that just smells to me. Like, I, I don't, you know, you know, what I think of, I think of Michael Jordan explaining, you know, the the whole like the meme yeah. where he's like, I took that, you know, uh, it's yep. this right. that, that's like I took it personally. Like it's it's like it's it's a contrived slight, is what I think it is. I think so too, you know, and I think I, I'm more likely to believe that he was always going to be a Nick, or you know, he was just going to go wherever his dad went you know, that Rick Brunson wanted a job and that it was just, you know, a uh, sort of a not very well kept secret, you know, in league circles that, you know, if you want Brunson, then, you know, you're going to have to, you know, give his dad a spot on the bench. Yeah. If it, was, if it was so predestined, why didn't they trade him then? I mean, that's the, that's, that's the a, big argument. Lots of people yeah, I've talked to think point. they should have traded him at the deadline. That's a really yeah. good point. That's yeah. that's the part I don't get. Like if we're sitting here and we're not like, you know, Kirk is very complimentary that you know I'm I, I'm a re, quote unquote real journalist, but I don't know that much. You know I don't know <laughs> any more than you guys a, a lot of the times. And like I just if we're if we're figuring that out, how is your front office not figuring that out? I, yeah, I okay, think because of how little money he made. Like you can't you can't recoup value for a 1.5 million dollar contract. Like the Mavericks, like like. We're going to look back on this one day and maybe this is like, like if, if Scott's like, you know what? I really want to be mad. And we put him down like the path of like researching Mavericks drafts stuff. like they have had bad books for like the 2019 was like, Oh, well we signed a bunch of guys to value deals, but then you let artificial cap space go away, et cetera. And then they signed Porzingis to a terrible deal. And then they took back, you know, like Dinwiddie's contract sucks. Like I like Dinwiddie, but his contract is stinky. 
And then there's Davis Bertans who gets paid until like 2027. It's insane. And so it's just all these little things add up and all of a sudden the Mavericks books are bad. Yeah. Well, so like, is it so hard to believe then that maybe the Mavericks thinking is, okay, so he's not going to sign for 455. Like he's just not going to do that. But, and yes, like Rick wants a job somewhere and wants to take him, you know, wherever it is that he goes, but he's not going to be making, you know, 4106 or anything like that. It's not like he's going to, you know, carry us while Luca is out for the first three games, you know, against Utah, you know, like we've got, we can sign him, you know, we can, we can give him that fifth year that nobody else can give him. And, you know, we're going to be able to pay him, you know, three or four million, you know, more a year than anybody else is going to along with that fifth year. And so like, we'll get him, you know, no matter what. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah it's just, it's a, I feel like the Mavericks have made a lot of assumptions like that in the last four or five <laughs> years and they're batting like 10% on them. So. Yeah. So I think a quick, really quick. I know, I know Kirk, you said you were fighting, so I'll make this quick, but you know, I think that Mark's biggest mistake has been that he has, he has managed the franchise as though, and I know I'm singing to the choir here, but he's managed the franchise as though it were a free agency destination. And it's, it's clearly not. Yep. It's clearly not. I don't think I've ever phrased it like that, but that's a good take. Um, but I would say, and you know, I think there's an old, there's a, there's an old biblical proverb about not singing songs to a heavy heart, but I'm going to do it. The last <laughs> 20 years have been really great. Um, you know, out, outside of the obvious free agency destinations, you know, it's a lot easier to run a franchise like that. Outside of those, you have, Golden State, if you take, you, you know, if you exclude those, and then we also include the other franchises outside of those free agency destinations, you know, that where things have gone really well, um, you have Golden State and they have just spent out the wazoo. Um, and I think that, you know, sometimes we kind of expect that Mark should do that. And, you know, I, I want him to, but it's not my money. Um, and you have the Spurs. Um, but, Outside of those two teams and the obvious, you know, like I said, three agency destinations, you know, the Lakers and the Heat and teams like that. I mean, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a, a, a franchise that has had a better, you know, last 20 years. Now, I know a lot of that was because of Dirk and like Dirk was not drafted like when Mark owned the team. Like, that's for sure. But it's been a really great last 20 years. So well, I know I we, right. we had like two down years and then they drafted Luca. Right. Anyway. Just wanted to say, uh, I'm a bit of a Mark apologist. Like he's made a lot of mistakes, but um, things have, you know, gone really well the last 20 years. Like since he's owned the team, and um, yeah. Anyway, appreciate you, Gordon. Thanks for hanging out. Yep. Thanks, Kurt. All right, Jim. What's up, dude? Michael, you're last after Jim. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. But yeah, no, it's it's just that point in the night. Um, like, like I'm hungry. so I wanted to do that's a, the point in the night it is where it's like I should go to bed if I'm hungry, you know. <laughs> you know that's fair. Like, what what's your late night drive through go to? Oh. What a like. See now, me, I just go eat like an entire box of cheese at Grooves while playing video games. <laughs> oh, the piss Grooves. Off all my friends. Oh, yeah. oh nice. Okay, so I wanted to do like a thought exercise on, uh, I know it's late for this, but what seems the more likely path for the future of the Mavericks franchise? 
for them to be a asset accumulation team. So if you look at Phoenix and Dallas, they were both in the same place in the gutter in 2018 when they both drafted first and third respectively. Now Phoenix, you know, getting Chris Paul, drafting well, they're able to be in the sweepstakes for Kevin Durant. Just, you know, out of the blue, the next star that's available, boom, Phoenix is right there as a team that can, you know, just show up and provide players, picks, pick swaps, that type of thing. What's it going to take for Dallas to get to that point? Thinking optimistically. I know this has been so negative all night, but it's just, ah, God. I I have hope. I, I just want to have hope. I, as much as, like, I don't trust Mark Cuban at all. As an owner, leader, I mean, like, what he's doing with this cost plus drugs thing, that's cool. But, like, but come on. Like, as a owner of the Mavericks, this has just been despicable. I don't want to get into it. So there's that option that seems more likely. Or um, we just start drafting well and start doing, like, the homegrown, like, Chris Middleton or Jamal Murray. Sure. We hope that we can have a, a homegrown second star for our super alpha players no. that are like, you know, Giannis I mean, and Jokic. What's more likely? I don't think either because I don't, like <laughs> Mark, Mark Cuban is, is a short-term guy. Like the, the 2020 draft was catastrophically bad following a catastrophically bad 2019 free agency. It's almost felt like every decision that's made has been short-term. Yes, because it has been. It's not appealing. Because I'm wondering, okay, you start taking the draft well, and you want to use the draft to to find your second star. Are you going to find your – are the Mavericks going to find their second star with a 26th pick, 25th pick? I mean, it would be cool, but they already traded one to Christian Wood. They're not going to have their pick next year. I mean, then Luka's, what, 25 and you're going to pick a guy at, at 25 and hope he develops, and then Luca's going to be 28, 29. Like, uh, that part is kind of out the door. And then you talk about, like, the Suns, how they were in the same spot. So the big thing with the Mavs is the Mavs were only bad. They missed the playoffs three straight years, and, you know, before that they made the playoffs with the Zaza year, and then they made the playoffs with Luca. So they really only had three seasons where they could, like – because the only way you accumulate – talent to get into these trade talks or to either, re, you know, turn into a contender is you just continuously get lottery picks and, and you just stack them up and you hopefully hit enough. You have to you either get a star while. or you trade them. Um, the Suns had a bunch before they drafted Aiton. Like they already had Booker. Uh, they traded, they, you know, Cam Johnson. Uh, you know, they missed a lot too. Dragon Bender and, and Marquise Chris. So they had a lot of bites at the apple. The Mavericks basically had three. And with those three bites, they did Dennis Smith, who didn't work, and they traded to, to uh, New York for Kristaps. Luca, obviously home run, but then they get screwed in the draft lottery, and they have to trade a first to get Luca, so they don't even have the first from 2019. Now they're good. Now they're never going to be in a spot where they'll ever get a lottery pick ever again because Luca is going to prevent them from being that bad unless he gets hurt. So I don't know. It's this is kind of defeatist sounding, but they really needed in those three years where they were bad amidst the playoffs, they really needed more. I mean, this is the stupidest thing I might've ever said, you know, more than Luca, like Luca's great. Like, he, I don't, you know, that's, that's like a once in a generation kind of thing, but like to 
to miss on Dennis with the ninth overall pick and then to not have the ninth pick in the next draft, like that hurt them because Luca had got so good so fast. They just can't, even if they wanted to use the draft, it's just difficult for them. And then you go to the fact that they don't seem to care and want to use it. So I don't know. I just well, they're, feel they're, lost. Yeah, I'm sorry. That, that wasn't very no, optimistic. But, I mean, th- this is what, you know, this is where we get, Josh and I get like maligned for this. And it's not, I, I don't think any of these sort of takes are really all that negative in so much as they are just like, Hey, here's, here's where we are. And some things are not anybody's fault. And some things are like the Porzingis trade, for example, I, I, it seems like Porzingis, like, like now that we're far enough away, Porzingis seemed to think he was coming here to be the star. Like, that's the number one. Cr- the number one. That's crazy. Even Luca, uh, Luca's rookie year, it was so like clear that he was like incandescent in terms of starhood, and everything. Don, like, like Donnie Nelson is an important basketball figure. Maybe one day I'll get to meet and have a nice conversation about Donnie Nelson. Donnie Nelson was just firing from the hip, like at a certain point. I, I don't know. It's such a frustrating situation. Yeah, just like look at this what if. I'm not going to hold it against them, the draft lottery that forced them to trade a first rounder. That's not in their control. That's just bad, right. rotten luck. But imagine if uh, in the 2017 draft, the draft before Luca, the Dennis Smith draft, imagine with the ninth pick if they took Donovan Mitchell, which there's some reporting that Rick Carlisle liked Donovan Mitchell more than he liked Smith. Imagine if they take Donovan Mitchell and they don't trade for Kristaps. So they have Donovan Mitchell and two first two first rounders. Like think about how much that changes. Every like everything changes. And so I think that's why me and Kirk get so frustrated because it's like yes, it's difficult to do some, but like if you just can hit on one of these, like just don't do this. You like, have one to have a thing. plan beyond yeah. we're special. Yeah. Like it doesn't take much to hit and get on a roll with these things, but like it's just continuous strikeout, 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 just stacking them on each other. It's it's hard to build that way. So with all these compounding issues, and it sounds like from what I've heard all night, it's been you know, everybody has bad luck, right? But just how many bad decisions Donnie and Mark have made over the years. It's just led us to this point where we still haven't had free agency success. And we just let, like you said earlier, the best draft pick, Josh, in 20 years, we let him go. And we didn't take care of him. And Luca, People remember like, when, that when is shit, this gonna... too. Like, even if it's an unfair narrative, other teams and agents, like, the, the Mavericks didn't have a good reputation for a long time, and I didn't understand that. That's I, I could understand that. I mean, could the Mavericks have tanked longer? I know that would have put them out of like you know contention of Luca, but like just to be able to get more first round picks, like Oklahoma City's going to be really good at some point. I totally believe that. You know, uh, it's just I just the the team feels stuck, and also the Western Conference Finals run feels fluky because like we lost our second best player. Well, Luca doesn't solve everything. This it's just the the team that's there. It doesn't feel like there's 
a sustained amount of success. Uh, and I, I just, I'm not optimistic. Yeah. It just, it feels like the hope now, if you want to be, I know you tried to fish for an optimistic angle. So like the best that I can think of is just, if you look at what Nico Harrison has done in the last 18 months in terms of just being proactive in terms of trades. Now this, how this rest of this offseason plays out, I might feel a little bit differently, but I mean, he's been on the job for about 12, 13 months now, and he traded Kristaps. He traded for Wood. Those are some pretty big roster shakeups. Dinwiddie worked out far, like more than my wildest dreams. I thought he would have been a negative asset. And even with his herky-jerky playoff run, I mean, he's still significantly better than I think a lot of us could have hoped for when he came from Washington. So he's there's at least the sense that he isn't attached to these guys as much as maybe the previous regime was. And he's more willing to trade these guys and to make some moves and to mix things up. I eat the white pal. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping. I mean, I got, if, if he get, if he's gone and we get like a Colin Sexton in return, like I know the traffic number. Uh, (laughs) I know, I know, I know. But like adding like THJ like to that trade. I know, I know, I know. But, it would make up some for, you know, losing Brunson. I don't know. It's just, yeah. I don't feel good about the off season so far. Obviously like I feel like most people do. Yeah. It's like they're trying to build a, a contender with one arm tied behind their back with the way these moves are going for them. It's just like, you can, you can maybe do it. You're just, they're just making it hard on themselves. And it's unfortunate. Um, what, before I go, I want to hear from each one of y'all, what you guys predict is going to happen like the 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 absolute number one thing you most expect to happen for the rest of the off season maps wise oh boy um i guess i'll go first i mean is this a cop-out to say they're gonna they're gonna sign Drogic like this is the summer like i feel like that's gotta happen they've got three more oh, yeah. spots like, to fill so I feel pretty confident that that's gonna happen finally this summer um I'm waiting for hey, our, I'm waiting for our there, friend. There's Dalton a guy in the chat. Oh, go ahead. There's a guy in the chat that's like saying some nasty stuff. Yeah, I just I just blocked it. Cool. Okay, I just wanted to put that. Sorry for Sorry interrupting, Josh. No, no, I was just saying. Um, I'm waiting for our good buddy Dalton to put out the. Uh, why hasn't Zach Levine uh, signed his contract with the Chicago Bulls yet? <laughs> like. If we want to end on a bang or positive note, I'm send come on. Ta- I'll send him a text. He's probably awake. Let, let's start. What do we got to start sacrificing the goats? Like, what are we gonna do? Start doing some <laughs> some seance sessions? Like, right. it's time. I'm, I'm all for it. Let's whatever build helps, the spirit bomb from Dragon Ball. Like, what are we doing? Let's do it. Oh my god. What about I mean, you, Kirk? Other than other than our our man Goran Goran Dragic, I I'm sure we're gonna get told by media that's bigger than us and has wider range of outcomes and, you know, meaning, you know, kind of legacy media will tell us about how this is fine actually. And there was nothing the Mavericks could do. And part of me like doesn't hate that take, but I also just for once in someone's fucking life, that's why it was so amazing to hear Mark Stein go, they messed up because I just don't remember that. It never happens. There's always like a bigger picture reason. So, yeah, good journalism. <laughs> nah, no, it's All not. Right. 
It's sports. Thanks for hanging out, buddy. Yeah, thank you so much, Kurt. And Josh, thank you. Sure thing, man. All right, let's see here. If Mike's still hanging out, did I, I hope I didn't just ban him from the room. I didn't mean to. Michael, what's up, friend? Michael, you still there? You fall asleep. Mike, Mr. Wade might have fallen asleep. We'll see. That happens, though. All right. Um, this has been fun. Very, very sorry that uh, it's been a weird night. Um, but free agency is weird, and, you know, what better to uh, do than share it with uh, other weirdos? So this has been <laughs> Kirk and Josh Bow, who uh, can't tell you how appreciative I am of him spending part of his night doing this. Josh, we will uh, probably talk a little later in the weekend if more free agency happens. Oh, for sure. Looking forward to it. All right. Be good, guys. Have a great Friday. Talk soon.